podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Everybody, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation. As I've said before, and we'll say again, the best Star Trek podcast. <laughs> I'm Matt. I'm Andy. And again, I have forgotten to turn volume <laughs> up. We are with the so post. good at podcasts. <laughs> Obviously, the best podcast. And I'm slowly coming to terms with what that means to me. Ooh, perfect. <laughs> As you all come to terms <laughs> with that, let us dive into the show. Uh, that was Denise Crosby, though, right? No, that was uh, Terry. That was Terry. Terry Farrell. Uh, mm-hmm. Dax, Lieutenant, okay. Junior Grade, or Regular Grade. I don't remember what her rank is, actually, in the first season. So the ranks don't... Uh, I think she's full-blown. She's Lieutenant. Are the, are the Trills irritated that it's like they work these lifetimes and then... You know the symbionts. They get the are motor. they irritated? And it's like I don't know, I'm just gonna start over. As well, I mean that that, that uh, discovery symbiote was at one point an admiral. Uh huh. You know, yeah. and then had to go back to being a crewman. It's irritating. We should do something about that. Maybe present some some space legislation that allows <laughs> them to at least keep some of their earned credits. <laughs> Anyway. Maybe there's maybe they're on an accelerated path. Maybe they're like, all right, well, as long as sure. you prove that you can use the trill well enough, we'll elevate you pretty fast. Use Although the I don't trill know. well enough. How does how fast does uh does uh that does Jadzia uh, elevate? I guess we'll find out. That's a good question. Uh, today we did not get a ton of Jadzia, although she does present herself in a, in a critical scene. Uh, mm-hmm. We're talking about duet, which uh, let's find out what Andy thought briefly. <laughs> Whoa, no. God, best podcast. Best podcast. Andy, would you have them watch this episode? <laughs> Run, don't walk. Absolutely. <laughs> Run, don't walk. <laughs> Matt, would you have them watch this episode? Run, don't walk. Away from your TV. <laughs> I don't yeah, really mean that. I don't over. really mean that. I just wanted to say the opposite somehow with the same phrasing that he used. It's 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 a pretty good episode as an adult, you know. As a kid, I didn't enjoy it, but as an adult, I liked it much more. Anyway, that said, <laughs> let's go to the Admirals Club. All right. Welcome to the Admirals Club. Bling. Uh, this is, uh, oh, Matt, how do they get into the Admirals Club? Well, it's good that you asked because that song didn't tell anybody anything. 
No, that one didn't say anything. That's right. Just leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, say whatever you'd like in the review. As long as it's five stars, you're in. And uh, maybe Andy will read it on the show. What do we got? We got, uh, and I'm Devanani Rall, who... Uh, Classic. Who sent, yeah, sends the review. Look at me. I'm the Admiral now. Fantastic podcast chronicling the adventures of Frank Sinatra through the 80s and 90s. If you're into the facts into facts about Frankie, this is going to be your new favorite. They also dabble in Star Trek from time to time, if that's your thing. Then the boys do a great job discussing that, too. <laughs> Thank you, and I'm Devanani Rall. Um, you can also, uh, you know, it's. I really only look at the, um, generally speaking, I only look at the uh, iTunes podcasts or just pod, what Apple podcasts is what they're called now, um, reviews. But uh, you can also send a tweet. Uh, you can, if you send it, if you give us a five star review on some other platform, just uh, send a uh, send a little picture of it into the into uh, sdtncpod at gmail, and, and uh, maybe Andy will read it on the show. You didn't get an email, everyone. I did. Best podcast. Okay. Got a tweet from at Jim Tom nine four three eight nine eight seven zero. Says Star Trek TNC. Two neurotic TV writers from the East Coast. Living on bad pizza in L.A., rooting through a dumpster fire of content with a love of all things Trek, like a Cardassian Tasparag. Some might find it repulsive, but others find it a delicacy to crave. Five stars. Secunda. <laughs> nice. There you go. Thank you for that. Um, that's it. Let's head over the to the President's Admiral's Sir. Club. Oh. And that was the Admiral's Club. It's the President's Circle. It's the place where everybody who loves this show comes to support the show and get more podcasts. Every month, Andy and I are doing extra podcasts for the folks in the Patreon because, hey, we appreciate them in the same way they appreciate us. Please support the show. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. Get on the Picard train. We're doing season three right now. Get on the season every week for a Voyager train. Get on the eventual season three of Enterprise Train will return back to the station. Hop in. A lot of podcasts there. And maybe you want to sign up now and listen to everything we've ever done. Great. There's hundreds of hours of material there. Please enjoy it. Now, not only do you get priority one uh, messages, meaning Andy will go through those before he goes through the others, but you might get a Christopher Pike Medal of Valor. Andy will pick a good message. And read it out loud as a as a model to others. Who's got it? Uh, got a couple here. Uh, one is from uh, Neil Self Sealing Studbolts, who says at the end of the uh, previous episode, which was Dramatis Personae, uh, at the end of the episode, I thought, but we never found out if the Valerian freighter was running out of weapons or not. Followed by immediately by, I don't care. That's uh, an accurate summary. very true. Yeah. I guess that um, wasn't the point, was it? <laughs> um, and I get a lot of people, uh, you know, inspired by the uh, the, the recent hit, hit, hit parade. <laughs> 
jingle hit parade we've been experiencing. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people have been sending in different sounds. It's hard to pick, you know, which one. So, you know, just, you know, everybody picks their favorites. Tom Bondurant sent one in and said, I enjoyed all the masks comparisons, especially since masks aired about nine months after this episode. Oh, this is a, a separate uh, issue. This predates masks? Um, wow, that's a oh yeah, I guess it does because Masks was seven season seven of D, of of TNG. This predates Masks. It's isn't that insane? That's so funny. It's weird and to here's watch the other thing. it out of order like this. I guess they were also both written by Joe Minoski. So oh, what's going Joe. on there, Joe? What a fucking move! I love it. I love it. He's like, you know, I did an episode of Deep Space Nine. I didn't quite flesh out. I want to make it worse. What's what do you how do you do fucking dramatis persona like you know what this can work is it maybe that and then like but how do you swing wilder is that it I didn't go far enough what happened I gotta know excellent question um I enjoyed all the mask comparisons especially Spence Mask about nine months after this episode it was also written by Joe Minoski not sure how much of a warm up tremendous person i was for mass plot wise and seems to have more in common with power play but the vibe is similar absolutely um i know power play was an actual like actual personalities which uh-huh. i guess masks had more in common with power play this was just influencing I mean, behavior but there it's the same thing of let's have the crew act you know, not themselves, and they're possessed. Yeah, they're going to act funky thanks to something. And interestingly, they're both very, what's the word? Just chaotic in a way that doesn't, like, add up to anything. It's just sort of like everybody's acting almost randomly. The performances are all, like, so extreme, but not in a way that seems purposeful. It's very, they're both very strange. Unless you're Vandica. <laughs> Musaka. <laughs> oh my god, imagine a Musaka Vandica performance. Ugh. Um Ken Molay said everyone's having so much fun with Matt's nipples I had to get in, in the game. Uh I attached a sound clip uh that musical theater fans will immediately recognize as the end of the song Shapoopy from the Music Man. <laughs> My nipples! My nipples! My nipples! My nipples! My nipples! My nipples! Spectacular. Very impressive. Really, really just... I mean, honestly... We just made the music man better. And then Ken Malay also sent, I just sent you a link uh, to a thing you put on YouTube, which is in 2009, Burger King ran an insane campaign showing Academy Cadet special training techniques to counter the evil, quote, Klingons that were trying to steal their valuable souvenir drink glasses. All I did was, uh, and so he, he made a little adjustment to it. <laughs> this is, the, I'm playing the link. Yes. Okay. So uh, I'll I'll put it on the... I don't know what I'll put it on. It'll go up somewhere sometime. Excruciating pain and public humiliation make the neon nurple a formidable one-two punch. My nipples! 
By the way, the fact that the king, uh, you know, the Burger King king, is f- fully in a Klingon outfit is amazing to me. He Plus really committed. You got to hand it to him. I got to. I got to hand it to the uh, commercial costuming department. Yeah. There is no known defense, but a liberal application of pectoral grease has been rumored to make the nurple not so purple. In any case, it's best to be prepared. My nipples! What a bizarre ad. My nipples! Very strange. My nipples! <laughs> well done, young cadet. How does that get you into how does that get you into Burger King? (laughs) That's amazing. He must have been just a Star Trek fan that was like, man, I don't care. I don't care about the Burger King part. (laughs) Well, I mean it's like I forgot about the two thousand nine tie in. Yeah. The two thousand nine movie tie in at Burger King. Thank you for um, that, everyone. Go go watch that. Just not even for the my nipple part, which is great, but just for the weirdness of it. Tristan Luth Robbins uh, uh, says, uh, "One out, one out from duet. Can you feel it?" I cannot remember what the it was that my that Jackson Five song. I don't remember how it goes. <laughs> Do you? Um, which song? Can you feel it? Can you feel it? Can you feel it? Can you feel it? That's what it is. Oh, I don't know that one. All right. It was the late one. It's not one of the early ones. The late one when they reunited, and then it had them all like shifting stuff on the earth, creating every. No, no, nineteen eighty. I think it was later. Nineteen eighty. It was eighty. Yeah. Interesting. Oh my God! This music is ten minutes long. Here, I, I don't want to. I don't want to hog the visual. Anyway. I mean, I've seen this. In retrospect. <laughs> kind of, it kind of uh, sort of um, what's the word uh, foreshadows the the uh, um, Michael's aesthetic in terms of everything's magic instead of in terms of sprinkling things on children. Uh, no, the sprink. Oh yeah, I guess it is sprinkling things on children. But yes, the sprinkling things. The the you know. Yeah. <laughs> The baiting, the the baiting that he's doing, the terrible, monstrous thing that that he's uh, he's hinting toward that we all were like, look, look. Macaulay says it didn't happen, so I'm I'm glad. I'm on board Macaulay. the Culkin train. I'm glad Macaulay. I'm glad it worked out for Macaulay. <laughs> um, now that we've set the tone for our upbeat comedy show, uh, Dick Warlock continues. Uh, I think we Don't may be blame sitting- us. Blame. Uh, who, who, who's, who sent us the message that got us onto this? Tristan Luth Robbins. Tristan, it's your fault. Dick Warlock Esquire says, uh, I think we may be setting Andy's expectations for duet too high. Uh, funny story. Um, even kind of continued with Matt. Who's Matt's this? Open- who's this? This is me. Just okay, talking okay, now. okay. 
Sorry. Funny story. Uh, sorry, I forgot to go into my jail and for what I'm doing myself. You heard about this? Heard about Kev, Kev, have you heard about this? Thing? <laughs> hey, Winton. Uh, Winton Marsalis. Are you still here? No, man. <laughs> he left. How, long, how early did he leave? Well, wow, no, what a man. fucking... That no, guy was man. dead on in his sense of like, this is going to lower my... My legitimacy so fast. I gotta get the fuck out of here. I mean, he didn't need it. You know what I no, mean? No, he didn't. He was like he's already, a, already a, a, an established superstar. jazz mm-hmm. trumpeter. So yeah. he's like, fuck this. Um. Anyway, the the uh, the thing is, uh, um, I based on certain messages that you guys had sent, and I, you know, I'm going through hundreds of them. So I'm like, oh, people kept mentioning duet, and I couldn't remember when I started watching this episode. Did they say, I thought maybe that you had said, oh boy, like the way you'd said move along home. Oh boy, buckle up for this one. Oh boy, you're not going to, this is going to be a crazy one. And so I started watching it and then the performances were really good. And I was like, huh, the performances are really good. So I don't know. And then it was like, oh, I guess it must get crazy later. And then it was just like very controlled and the theme was all there. And then it was like. Oh no! This I must have had this backwards. <laughs> this must be one of the great guys, ones. Guys, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was Branford Marcellus, not Winton. Ay ay ay. Are you certain about that? I am certain about it because I just looked it up. Oh, all right. Good catch. I just wanted to. Everyone, stop writing. <laughs> they don't. They do it anyway. He was a sax player, right? Not a trumpet. But he player. was a clarinet player, wasn't he? Yeah, any of the woodwinds, I suppose. You can play them all. Robert McFadden says, Is it just me or does Cisco chew the scenery in this episode? Can't blame Avery Brooks. Is it the writing or was he directed to be so broad? Um, and I then think he David, was just acting with sheer presence. Yeah. David Corbett says, After how many odd performances can we start to blame Avery, Avery Brooks? His acting choices were one of the main reasons I gave up on DS9 in its initial run. Really? I, f- I feel he gives Shatner a run for the money in the Hamminess department, and then Dick Warlock again says, a man who unironically loves Shatner's acting, I'm here for Cisco chewing scenery. Avery Brooks does wonderful things with scenery chewing. Mm-hmm. So there's obviously was a lot of support for, uh, for Avery Brooks. Uh, then. And was there hopefully some support for Shatner's scenery chewing? Um, I don't remember. Not if so anybody much. Typed <laughs> Not in. so much. All right. But uh, yeah, I mean that was a thing that one. It's one of the things that turned me off about the uh, the show originally. So I can't disagree. I can't. We cannot blame Dramatis Dramatis Persona on him though. It's, it's a comparatively, he had maybe one of the smaller performances. Oh, a thousand percent. <laughs> um, and he was, you know, he was. He was he was told to was like you're a person who's being driven mad by this obsession building a clock and then occasionally you'll look away and be paranoid. It's like, well, what are you how are you gonna play that? Um, so I really can't hold this particular one as a, an example. Um Cam, Christopher Pike Medal of Valor, shortlisted candidate. Uh have you never won one, Cam? Is that what the point? Did I give you one in the last episode? You know what? Maybe you got one coming. Uh, Love the ranking of first seasons. Something felt missing, but I'm not sure what it was. But it was a long road getting from there to here. Anyway, I have faith of the heart. I'll figure out what you missed eventually. Do you understand what all that means, Matt? I think I read it too straight. 
Uh, Let me read to you again. We just got into Enterprise, and then... then We didn't get into Enterprise. We never mentioned Enterprise. Faith of the Heart. That's what he was getting into. When we ranked the first seasons, remember in the last episode? Yes. We we left out Enterprise. Did we really? Apparently. That's fucking remarkable. Then it would have to go smack in the middle. Honestly? Yeah. It would have to go smack in the middle. If we left it out... Yeah. It didn't register either way. I think that's I think well, that goes smack in the middle. It's not I, I bad. I would have to rank it's it. Certainly not bad. No, I would have to rank it. Maybe I don't remember what we did, but I feel like definitely a three or four. And it's the, just on the basis of that it was just like we had so many moments in that first season where we were like, well, this is not as bad as everyone keeps saying it is. We were hot off the tails of. Discovery season three, though. <laughs> no, it was still good stuff. Um, yeah, it wasn't. No, it wasn't nearly as bad as people had made it out to be. Corbett says, in regards to the first season rankings, I'm trying to introduce my wife to TNG. I agree, the first season is terrible and want to skip as much of it as possible. But upon reflection, reflection, I'm surprised how many season one episodes have a bearing on future episodes. Q putting humanity on trial. Lore, Luxana. The Stargazer and the Vengeful Ferengi Captain, the Crystalline Entity, Minuet, the Traveler, Wesley's Adventures at Starfleet Academy, the Death of Tasha. Is there a non-serialized Trek that lays more groundwork in its first season than TNG? I mean, that's interesting. That's an interesting question. There is a lot of canon established in that first season, but I think there's a lot of canon established in all first seasons. Yeah. Like, you know, you go to TOS, for instance. I mean, everything's established there, but. Yeah. Deep Space um, Nine, you establish the station, you establish the Cardassian Bajoran relations, you establish. Yeah, Deep Nine seems to be doing a tremendous amount. You know, it's world building. Yeah. Also, theme building. And you can do, you can establish a lot of stuff badly. It's true. Like, no one likes the episode Skin of Evil where Tasha dies. No one likes that. Ep- it's a terrible episode. There's some parts of it that are good. Skin of Evil? You know, Data's reaction. Yeah, but the... Whatever. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. Um, Armis is a compelling character. But he's just pure evil. <laughs> Maybe Armis is the uh, is going to be the reveal. Maybe he's behind everything in the. Uh, never mind. The ultimate trekker is mourning not the a, loss. Not a, not a, not a. At this point, not something I would put past them. The way they're dipping back in. Yeah, the ultimate trekker is mourning the loss of. Spoiler omitted. Um. So, just anyone. This this is a list of complaints. Ultimate trekker. <laughs> a lot of. <laughs> You have a lot of things you like go into a long list of complaints and then you'll sometimes end with just like, but I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> um, so Trekker says, uh, so just anyone can beam into ops whenever they want to. Seems to be a bit of an oversight. And I'd assume when Odo goes unconscious. Not an oversight. He- um, yeah. Doesn't, uh, don't they boost it? Don't they get her? They get him up. Oh yeah, that's right. He's they're yeah. trying to save him. Yeah. Oh, there you go. You've been disputed. Uh disputed. Uh and I'd assume when Odo goes unconscious, he'd revert to a liquid, but that's just me. Um that hmm. seems reasonable. That's an interesting thought. Prime corrective for Matt. 
this should have been blown out of space, not sucked. True, true. And as for Dex knowing Trill Kung Fu, there's a lot of muscle muscle memory involved. I guess that's plausible, but I still feel like if it's in your brain, you you know, you have an edge there, at least in terms of strategizing physically. Um, also, like, put a little elbow grease in. If you got all that crap in your head, Jetsia, oh, maybe, they don't, maybe they don't boost it. Maybe he does just beam on. No, I seem to remember them. I remember that too. We've watched, to so try much, and save we've watched so much Star Trek that That's I think we're remembering something else. I don't think so. I don't know there, but whatever. Uh, Brett Schofield. I feel like I've read this before, have I? <laughs> Unless he writes it every time. Brett Schofield says, "Yippee ki yay, Myra Secunda." <laughs> I have not heard that. All right, good. I have a putter uh, with that on the bottom of it. Should that be a T-shirt that we'll never make? Myra Secunda, sure. DW says, I, mean, I, drink, I, think, I drink out of my Myra Jellico cup very often. <laughs> Did someone make you that? I don't remember. What? Someone from the show. Someone, one of our fans made it. Yeah. Oh, you have, don't you have that. a Secunda Moriarty cup? Oh, yeah. But it had, it had stickers on it, so you can't. No, there's no stickers on it. Oh, it was really, it was just printed on? It's printed on the glass, mm-hmm. on the on the mug. Did you just throw it out or something like that? Not I caring. would never have thrown it out. I don't throw anything out. Drink out of it now. I just don't know about it. <laughs> um, it's I the think only way of... to make up for it. You must drink from it now. DW says, I think most annoyances Irish people feel about leprechauns is mostly that they're just cheesy and usually a part of some embarrassing joke by Americans. File two with Lucky Charm cereal. Don't think it's much to do with history with the English. And he... He or she, or they uh, specify that they're Irish. And then Archer Palms, a.k.a. Vertiginousness, says, Got to disagree with Andy about steps taken by Bashir regarding Odo's relationship with healthcare. While the show goes into more detail down the line, they stated some of the reasons for Odo being reluctant. Chief O'Brien got him got him beamed on fully. I just was rewatching while Andy was talking. There you go. We were right. To any doctor experimenting on him. When Odo was found, they treated him as a science experiment that happened during the Cardassian occupation. I'm sure it was unpleasant. What Andy was suggesting is that Bashir experiment on a sentient in hopes of solving a potential future problem. He compared this reasoning to what a modern doctor would do for treatment today. Modern doctors have millennia of data to treat patients, including information gathered by totalitarian regimes and the atrocities in the United States. If you want an example... Look into what happened regarding Jack gynecology in the slave-owning South. It's horrifying. Now, that seems like a you know what? A Let's steer clear of that on Star Trek podcast. Well, what do you mean? No, why are we, are, okay. we already covered pedophilia. We might as well. A lot of no one did said the other. word. No one said the word. I feel like you leaned pretty heavily on it. Did I'm not, not take responsibility. You leaned for harder. That. You said he sprinkled things on children. I didn't even mention he that. He was sprinkling fairy dust, as we know. He loves this Peter is Pan not on and me. wanted to play Peter Pan this in Hook. This is not on me. And he you kept, make me calling, up, he for kept calling up Spielberg, asking to play Pan in Hook, and he kept anyway. getting <laughs> Can you imagine if that was part of Spielberg's history? I would love it if that movie existed. Ugh, gross. Be more so, watchable um, than Hook, am I right? Well, I guess it couldn't have been worse. Um, what was my point? Oh, so in regards to this, I th- I hear what you're saying that you know the the 
the history of any you know a lot of a lot of cures and medical advancements are due to atrocities and horrible things in humanity's past um but i guess i was just sort of saying huh why this was the episode before dramatis personae yeah i guess it was but whatever um continue it was i'd like to give people their say if they're saying something about something i did reply to them my point is so i don't have to hear about the atrocities of the past I know you love to. I in the sand, I, my, baby. My <laughs> my point is, uh, I feel like there's a mid ground between the, what you're describing and a person coming on board that a doctor is going to be responsible for at some point. And go, hey, can we have a discussion and just like to scan you and see if I can kind of get a sense of, you know, what's going on in case uh, in case you're you know you have a situation like this where you're injured. So I don't just go. I don't know. That's all I'm saying. Um, Brian Hellman says, I was very amused by the length of the last pod, over three hours. I had to drive from Boston down to University of Rhode Island. I made it there and back and still had five minutes left on the pod. Oh, my God. You're welcome. I'm glad um, for you. Here's I something that'll... That, I love when something's that long. Yeah, well, it's good because that's our primary skill as the best <laughs> Star Trek podcast. Um... Uh, here's something that'll uh, that'll that'll uh, that'll perk up the the pod. Uh, David Sido, Sidu, sorry, uh, sent us a humble little play on this legendary track, one with a an MF bomb. Um, uh, I feel like it's the least of our problems at this point, David. Uh, and then if you would play Doctor Odo, please. Well, wrong one. Nowadays, everybody want to talk like they got something to say, but nothing comes out when they move their lips. Just a bunch of gibberish. And motherfuckers act like they forgot about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good job, David. Bork. And don't forget about. Oh, no. And Bork. What is not MVC? That's what, uh, that's what uh, Riker would have to whistle back at me if I was in charge of any security protocols. You'd have to finish the Forgot About Odo. <laughs> you know, it's interesting, a thing that always bothered me about mm. that opening. They're starting, as far as I understand it, even in that episode, with Data being a person who can't act like a human, doesn't experience human emotion the way we understand it. Understand it. And he says, marvelous, and smiles. Pleased. Uh... Well, he's also got lore in there. And Lon. No, no. In Farpoint. Ah. Uh, I was always like, that's the introduction to the character. Why would you have him smile? And why would you have him say marvelous for that well, I matter? Think when I think he's... Well, he's been mimicking human behavior for so long. I think that's the response you sort of pick we, up on. He doesn't do that the rest of the time unless it's it's clearly like Nothing he's laughing in a weird, bad way. has been as marvelous as the finish to Pop Goes the Weasel. You know that. <laughs> see, I see. That affected him. Oh my God, come on. <laughs> All right. You know that. You know what triumph that is. Says. <laughs> what? I, you know what? I, your whistle didn't come through on, on the... I heard you start oh, to whistle, it? and then I thought you stopped immediately. Did it get blocked out? Uh, I think the Zoom, your your computer mic didn't pick it up, but I'm sure your 
podcast mic picked it up. Well, ruined a real good joke. Kieran O'Sullivan said, an episode like this would be more fun if you uh, it made you change how you view the characters. I would have liked to see the mutiny play out and Kira succeed. It would give Cisco a new perspective on Major Kira, having seen how she operates in a conflict, and would tell us that his role in D- on DS9 is only possible because of the support of Bajor. Uh, he can't hold the station without them. I fully agree with this, Kieran. I kind of, it goes along with the, sort of my general thought of, they didn't go far enough they didn't conflict the characters, but I think you offer a real interesting plot twist, which is Kira tries to take over and succeeds, and and Cisco. You either have Cisco untouched by it and just have Kira, you know, beat him hands down because she shows no more. She's like she's been her morality's been removed, and she's just ruthless. Um, or you have Cisco also be touched by the by the um, the possession and just have her beat him. I think it would have been real interesting. Good job. But then it would have been about something else, right? Would it have been? I'm just saying the same thing except she fully takes over the station and then they snap out of it. Hmm. And that's what Kieran's saying. Um, Dick Warlock also says, in general, I don't like any reminders that Matt is a Boston sports fan because that means he's likely a Patriots fan. I'm not. And while, uh, I haven't watched football. You can rest rest assured I have not watched football. I've not seen a snap of football in two and a half. Not even a snap. Three years. Three years, I think. Uh-huh. You are probably a Pats fan before that, though. <laughs> before. I mean, I three look, years? I watched. I watched. Once they got rid of Brady, I was just like... Forget it. Who cares? <laughs> so that seems like a reasonable move. Uh, the end of Warlock's messages. And while I don't care what baseball team anyone roots for, rooting for the Pats is like rooting for the Borg. Um, I mean, now the Borger. This is like the Patriots are currently like fucking Hugh when the Enterprise drops them off. <laughs> that's amazing. Just fucking that's broken comparison. <laughs> Um, Lieutenant Tess says I kind of like that Matt owned that he states things with confidence regardless of whether he knows what he's talking about or not I can appreciate the self-awareness um, FYI to calm feelings of insecurity and nurture greater happiness embrace growth mindset this concludes my TED talk Ooh, I'm gonna look at growth <laughs> mindset. and you know what I don't appreciate the self-awareness Tess he's just justifying <laughs> his, his uh, cockiness and his immorality and, uh, and always and never backing down from an argument I back down when I have to. Otherwise, I don't because I'm the best. Thank you. <laughs> don't back down. You just Welcome say you're to right. to my confident TED talk. <laughs> you just try to gaslight the poor people around you. They're just trying to do a good job. Just Get to you the truth. And my wife and my son. Has <laughs> your son spotted it yet? No. Be careful. Although he's <laughs> fucking. He's, he's going to be able to handle you. He's sharper than a fucking. than he should be. Um. Oh, and then there's a, a uh, there's some uh, dialogue that she wrote out. Uh, Andy, uh, this is me. Uh, you're saying he Odo should be more ashamed of being a sweaty guy than being a puddle. Matt says, "Yeah, a thousand percent." Andy, to each his own. I think being a puddle is because then you're literally more dehumanized, dehumanoidized. <laughs> and then she's asking, "Should that be the next to poll? <laughs> what should Odo be more ashamed of?" Oh yeah, right. that is a good to poll actually. All right, 
Everybody remind me if I don't. Should Odo be more ashamed of being a gross, sweaty humanoid or a puddle? <laughs> you want me to phrase it just like yeah, that? This is exactly like our conversation. Or a puddle. <laughs> be more. Say it again. Should he? Should he? Should he feel more shame uh-huh. presenting himself as a gross, sweaty humanoid or a puddle? Gross. Sweaty humanoid. <laughs> I'm just going to put Matt's words there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> or a puddle. Mm, yes. Or a puddle, indeed. Um, or a puddle in Waxana's dress. Um, uh, I, you know, I just assumed he'd be a puddle on the floor. Yeah, either way is not good. Dashnell says, I swore up and down that Dramatis Persona was a good episode. For years, when people asked me where to start, I'd say watch Emissary, skip to Dramatis Persona, and the rest is good. I was really disappointed, nine, uh, potential Niners. In hindsight, I rated this so highly, all because of Avery Brooks's crazy man a- acting, crazy man acting, involved weird hand movements and stage whispering, and I found that delightful, but must have ignored the rest of the episode. Here's somebody who was he was won over Dash by was, this by particular the, episode by the performance. That is that is positively remarkable. The performance was a lot of that hand business. I agree it was pretty great. Feckler, Feckler, guardian of Grithor, she her Feckler? says Feckler. I guess yeah, it is. nice. Who is Feckler? Uh, the Klingon devil. Oh, gotcha. Don't you remember? Uh, the, <laughs> that was that hologram? Who Ardra was that, pretending yeah. to be? Yeah, look at that. He pulled the name of Ardra. I think Ardra might be mentioned in one of these comments, but maybe it was just mentioned recently. Somebody was sort of saying, I don't know, we'll see if, if oh, I get to it by the so end. that would be so funny if, Fekla, if Ardra had come back and that she was tormenting Picard because she really wanted Picard. Oh my God! If it's Ardra, <laughs> that would be so funny. <laughs> the fact, also, if it, they uh, never mind, I don't want to know fucking spoilers. Uh, favorite podcast it's not a spoiler activity. to 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 guess that. It, it, what if Ardra Ardra was try to steer away from spoilers? And you always like say, "All right, let's explore no, why." No, no, no. I'm, not saying, I'm saying just to say that what if Ardra was the antagonist of season three of Picard is not a spoiler. That's Even just a saying season guess. three is okay. Whatever you want. All right, fine. All right, season three of Picard doesn't have an antagonist. Sorry, didn't mean to spoil it for everybody. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, no, no. Andy's right. Oh God. There's neither good people nor bad people. You're rooting for no one. I mean, that's what season one and two were. <laughs> that is Favorite podcast so activity. <laughs> Favorite podcast activity. Maintaining this is from Feckler. Uh, maintaining my 150 gallon planted 150 gallon planted aquarium. Uh, wet hands nice. means I need lots of Andy and Matt in my ears for an extended period of time. Star Trek names for my fish? Of course. I've got a school of the white cloud mountain minnows I call the binars. A school of albino cory catfish I call the borg. Uh, a nirette I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Snail. Uh, made up word, word we know. Um, I wasn't sure of the gender that I named Soren. Uh, they ended up being a sh- being she. A rabbit snail named Benjamin Cisco Bunny, uh, although she turned out to be Benjamina, Spanish pronunciation. 
plus an assortment of other nerdy named aquatic creatures. Keep the long podcast coming. I'm forever cleaning and re- replanting uprooted plants. Well, you know, I'm glad. Matt, does anything strike you about that list? That's of missing? names? Yes. That From her Star Trek list? That there is no... Um, whatever the hell Picard's fish was named. Well, that actually <laughs> that actually does make sense, Livingston. There you go. I was saying there's no Matt Nandy. Where's the Matt Nandy in that list of fish? I don't think there need to be a Matt Nandy in the fish world. I demand it. Um, that's it for the Priority One messages. Let's move out of here and head to the hallway. <laughs> Captain, we are being hailed. Regular hailing frequencies are open. If you don't like being uh, read last, then join the Patreon, baby. <laughs> if you, if you, if it bothers you. Um, Dramatis Personae regarding Welcome to the Dolomite Zone. Matthew Gayford writes, uh, I hope you and Matt, uh, hey Andy, I hope you and Matt are both well, but uh, pleasantries aside, um, can welcome to the Dolomite Zone, Myra quotation, uh, please be a new segment in lieu of Frank Sinatra facts. <laughs> I would love to have a portion of the saucer section filled with observations and criticisms of 70s black exploitation films. As much as I love Trek, it's always great to hear you guys talk about other things. I don't know if we're the two guys to cover critique. I mean, black look, I will say, I will say this. When I worked at Blockbuster, um, I fucking I ate up the black exploitation section. It was fucking incredible. That's a corner of your universe I've never heard about. That's oh, yeah. interesting. Oh my god. Oh. There's just some fucking just some beautifully bananas shit. Yeah. I was always a Cleopatra I'd Jones. I'd be happy fan. to do it, everybody. <laughs> you ever you ever of see course uh, you the, were. Of course you were. You ever see the Cleopatra Jones uh, uh duo G? It's very bondy. Yeah. It's great. I mean, so is Shaft, by the, for that matter. Yeah. Um, Matthew Gayford also asks, uh, are you going to be a guest on Indiana Jones, Inc.? Matt's response made it unclear. Paul Rust was great, but I would love to listen to your opinion on the franchise. That's <laughs> that always name? great That's work. their name? Wait, that's her screen name? Or is that the, huh? that's the hail? <laughs> that was from Matthew Gayford. Oh. Still. Who asked for the black exploitation. Unclear. <laughs> just ducking it he's giving me a flat no many times <laughs> um i don't know what's what's the problem with Sekunda? gonna bring in some new listeners uh you know he gets along with both rust and gorley as far as i know who knows what people say behind my back <laughs> roderick hamilton says hi andy you're completely right about odo not being a good guy he's concerned about power order and control not so much the law or the rights of others you'll see more of the dark side of that later gives him a bit of a wild west bullying corrupt sheriff vibe which the show wanted to create i heard they pitched it as the rifleman in space um is that a joke the rifleman in space yeah because that's very funny because star trek was pitched as wagon train well i space and then i'm like I think he's saying that that why would they ever pitch that as the right why would they ever bring up the rifleman 
in the you're saying you've already you've already made your comparison why are you going yeah, one like, step why are you bothering? it's possible um it might be something that, like in the endless pursuit of something to say at a at a convention someone said <laughs> um but uh yeah i mean in that one moment i definitely say that i it was like seemed like uh, odo was acting weird when he was when he was sort of being a mob boss to uh to quark but generally speaking he seems very committed to the law thus the the letter of the law thus far so we'll see nicholas magre um says uh there a jingle for matt love nick from massachusetts i think i'm getting it down so if you could play matt's common complaints ugh Matt's common complaints. <laughs> Go socks. That's fucking beautiful. We do have a Matt's common complaints. This, uh, now we sound. do. Now we do. We originally had one. It was sort of like Matt's common complaints. <laughs> Matt's common complaints. <laughs> Go socks. That's a good one. That's very funny. Appropriate. Um. This is The Forsaken. Uh, it was from uh, Jesse Mercury, a uh, supporter of the show, who is, um, has a wonderful, uh, hilarious TikTok you should all check out, where he, he puts himself in Star Trek episodes. Um, and it's very funny. That's funny. Hi, hi Matt and Andy. Uh, during the scene where Odo can no longer hold his shape, I've always thought it was strange a strange choice to have Luxana catch Odo in her dress when she had just removed her wig. In my mind, if a dress can hold a liquid changeling, then so can a wig, and the wig would have been so much more convenient. Luxana has to sit there perfectly still, with a changeling in her lap for who knows how long, when she could have held him in her wig and been free to sit more comfortably. The CGI animation catching Odo in the dress looked very awkward. I'm sure the wig would have been less so. This tiny change would also enhance the moment emotionally. Luxana removing her wig was a representation of vulnerability, as was Odo losing his form. To hold one, one vulnerability inside another would have been even more touching. I've had this thought since watching the episode when it first aired. A few years ago, I was discussing this episode on a live stream with my friend Doug, and I brought up my wig versus dress theory. To my shock and horror, he was staunchly in camp dress. The ensuing chaos in the live chat gave birth to, to a legendary disagreement. Please settle this once and for all. Would Odo be better off in the wig or the dress? Thank you, Jesse Mercury. The floor of the lift. What happens, though, if you're a changeling and you're like, I can't hold it anymore, and you collapse? Because I assume at that point you don't have there much control. Is, there is viscosity, right? We agree on that. Yeah. yeah I think you're fine. The bucket's you're nice because you get to be all contained, but... You don't feel like it's like you could just sort of separate and like parts of you might sort of slip out the edge of the... No, the... we don't feel like that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a good... Thank you. It's a good B story. I don't know if they ever do anything like that. It's not even a B story. It's a good, like, I guess I mean memory beta kind of a deal, like where it's like, you know, it's like some weird thing with like, what happens when Wolverine, you know, you like, I remember there being a comic where Wolverine is completely blown up, but obviously the right. es- his essence and, and adamantium skeleton remain, and so then he just has to wait until it regrows. So maybe it'd be a thing like that, where it's like, the his essence slips out the side of the elevator and is at the bottom of the shaft and has to regrow 
Well, I mean... A reform. I'm not going to... No spoilers. Thank you. All right. All right. I appreciate that. Ben Plavin says, I isolated my new favorite Matt soundbite from when he called BS on Nana Visitor's <laughs> Hospital Story. Hope you like him. It's, uh, can you play bullshit, please? That seems... Uh, like a bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you should find another use for. It really does, though. I mean, come on. I still think Thank you guys for the sounds. They're amazing. Uh, like a bullshit. We gotta fix your nose. <laughs> <laughs> it's a birth defect. Like, how do they know? You know what I mean? How yeah. embarrassing for that um, doctor. Yeah. Also, what a doctor. Yeah, a doctor. What a bad doctor. On it. Yeah. Um, if you would like to send a hail to us, you can either join the Patreon, get access to our priority one messages, <laughs> or what? You send a hail to us for a low, low cost every month. <laughs> I didn't say what, what, what would cost you. Yeah, that's true. Uh, however, uh, you could also send a hail to sttncpod at gmail.com. Please put the title of the episode in the subject heading somewhere. You can tweet or Instagram Matt at Matt Myra. You can Instagram me at Andrew Secunda or tweet me at Secunda. Our Instagram and our Twitter is at Star Trek TNC. And you can voice hail us at 816 Trek TNC. That is the end of the hails. At a brisk 49 minutes. It is brisk. They know. They listen. We crossed many doors to many places Your hails made us think of all your faces So plug TNC in your little board node Let's talk about this week's episode This week's episode, as we have been discussing in the hails We're finally at Duet Whatever that means to people, I'm still not sure myself What does that mean to people? It mostly seems positive Okay, alright I did do a little poking around, and it does seem like it's in in the top in most DS nine top ten lists. Really? Yeah, that surprises you. It's interesting. It does this is going to be an interesting episode? Okay, maybe I'm overselling that. Thirteenth <laughs> of June, nineteen ninety three. Andy, what was going on? Well, our song choices. Are I don't think we have we haven't had this UB forty one. I can't help falling in love with you. Oh no, that's the way love goes by Janet Jackson is number one in the US. Can't help falling in love with you by UB forty is the UK. Again, the UK is so weird. Oh wait, was this the one in? Is this the version that's at the end of some kind of wonderful? One of my favorite. I know, uh, I know that because I just saw a Baldwin in the music video. Hmm. Are you sure it was a Baldwin? Wasn't it? I don't think it was a Baldwin. If it was. Sharon Stone and a Baldwin. So what movie is that? That is um, Sliver. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes, it is. It's Sliver. Oh, not Slither. Sliver. Okay. <laughs> Sliver. I thought you were saying slither, and I was like, no, it can't be. Um, 
something keeps coming up is Lick the Tins. That can't be the name of the... Is that the name of the band that did the, the, the cover? Huh. Yes. Yes, I think it was. Huh. It was a good version. Yeah. Um, oh, we don't need it live. What a, what a fucking digression I'm on. Um, wow, it sounds nothing like it. Yeah, no, it sounds nothing like it. This is a cute one. So Irish. Matt's not a fan. Jesus Christ. Matt hates well, it. just like it sounds nothing like the UB40 version. I'm just disappointed in you. This is just an attack on me, as always. Yeah. <laughs> that I don't recall from from my youth which which version it was. But they don't sound anything You're right. alike. You're right. I've 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 illustrated my stupidity once again. Matthew. Here you are you running around it. calling these Marsalises clarinet players when they're primarily soprano saxophone players. Whatever, it's okay. Wait, the Brantford Marsalis primarily was not a uh, was not a clarinet oh, he player. He plays the clarinet, but he's primarily a soprano saxophone player. So the fact that he plays the clarinet doesn't count. It's what his primary instrument was. You're saying it was a failure on my part. Yes. You know what I'm remembering that from? I'm remembering that from Bring on the Night, where he was, on many of the songs, he was playing clarinet. In particular, um, Bring on the Night. And uh, I think the Flintstones. (laughs) When they did the Flintstones in that movie. (laughs) I could be wrong about that. Um, then what movie was Jurassic Park? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Birth that week. This is a mistake. <laughs> it must be. I don't know. I think this. Yeah, this is a this is a mistake. Birth that week. The NBA Finals. <laughs> I assume that that that, that was a uh, that he, as he was typing that out, it just uh, got to the wrong part. Um, went to the wrong line. But the Bulls do uh, win their third consecutive NBA championship uh, over the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Deaths that week, writer William Golden. Golding. I think you mean Golden from Lord of the Flies. Or is it? Oh, William Golding, the, the author of the book, Lord of the Flies. Man, I'm, I am a mess. Matt's right. I'm stupid. No one said you're Prince stupid. changes his name. That was Just wrong. Prince changes his name to an unpronounced symbol. Oh, that happened then. Adobe Acrobat and the PDF file are introduced in Time Magazine cover RU486 The Abortion Pill mm. Remember when that <laughs> was in the news? <laughs> yep uh, Anne Mohammed actually also adds to this uh, who's been sort of giving us a little bit of a runner on uh, what the Australian number one song was. Uh, I hope I can rem- I can remember to keep doing this. Number one song for Australia for duet is Informer by Snow. Oh, a little behind the times. I like it. So still nothing new, but I'm sure there will be something at some point waiting for some of the Australian artists who had n- uh, number ones. And then we have some elsewhere in Trek to explore. That is right here. Elsewhere in track. Let's see what's out there. Engage. T 
TNG aired Timescape on June 14th, offering a healthy dose of sci-fi weirdness and a good bit of hot runabout action uh, as a counterpoint to DS9's intense character work. With both shows at the top of their games, there's not much more to say, except it was a pretty enjoyable week in the 24th century. Mm, But was it an enjoyable week in late-night television, Andy? Uh, I don't think that's here. Where is it? Voyager. But we're in 1993 now. I don't think we have that for this. Do you want that for this, too? I I wish we had it. That's in the paper. Hang on. I'm sorry. Hang on. I'll do it right now. All right. That's uh, all excited about it. Hey, what do we have on the thumb this week? Oh, my God. Someone has put the entire episode up on YouTube of June 18, 1993. From the NBC studios in Burbank, California, The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. Featuring Bradford Marsalis and the Tonight Show Band. Tonight, Jay welcomes Natalie Cole. Oh. Comedian Drew Carey. Uh-huh. And from Last Action Hero, Austin O'Brien. Oh, the kid from Austin Last Action Hero. And now, Jay. That must have been a sweaty interview. <laughs> you hear you hear Kevin Eubanks trying to get the job already? <laughs> You won't have the personality of Brantford, I'll tell you that much. A little too much on that guitar there, Kevin. That was I'm it's incredible that that particular episode is in full on YouTube available. <laughs> yeah. Uh now people really need to relive their great Jay Leno days. Oh my god. Matt. Yes. Let's go see Jay Leno in concert. I would absolutely see Jay Leno. I want to see Seinfeld again, too. Hang on. Sorry, everybody. June 18th. Here we go. Here's who Letterman had on that same night. When was the last time... I'm going to show you this. You've seen this fucking intro. Wow. Right? Space with all the cutouts. Kind of looks like the uh, Enterprise. <laughs> cutouts in space. Come see a real police lineup. It's late night with David Letterman. Letterman. Not, not the booking wars now. Selleck, musical group Blues Traveler. And the best of stupid human friends. Plus, Paul Schaefer. And the world's most dangerous man. And now... Mr. Wednesday Afternoon himself, <laughs> David Letterman. Mr. Wednesday Afternoon himself. Fantastic. What's that mean? What's that a reference to? Mr. Saturday Night, I assume. Oh, I see. What, what's it's worse hard. than Saturday Night? Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon, afternoon. That's the worst time. Yep. Yep. That's how a joke works. Come on, Mr. Former Late Night Writer. I, you know, I said, Get Mr. your head Saturday back night. in the game of 1993 Letterman. <laughs> Mr. Saturday Night is not top of mind for me. I apologize. <laughs> uh, My favorite movie, like it is yours. So it's fair that we don't, that that's not, we don't do the Booking Wars segment because they're not in the Booking Wars yet because Letterman hasn't left NBC. Oh, I see. 
We could doesn't, read excerpts from the late shift. <laughs> doesn't happen. Doesn't happen till ninety four. Uh-huh. But I'll keep doing that as long as I remember. Boy, that was fun. I'd rather have <laughs> a show about that. Oh, that it, when, I, when you're not complaining about how I'm making the hails too long, when I make the hails shorter, then you just find a way to expand it more. I want to use that time for myself. <laughs> that's why you're. That's why you're. Oh, I have to listen to these other people. I could just be playing clips off of YouTube, which I do the rest of the time when I'm not doing this podcast. Just back off, okay? You back off. No. You back off first. I always have to back off first. That's when the cloaked Klingon ship is like, does she see us? I don't know. Remember? Kirk's the only one who ever orders the ship to back up. Only The only guy who ever did it. Reverse. Full reverse. And then he backs up. And the Klingon <laughs> ship's like, what's happening? Why is he backing up? Does he see us? Anyway. Wait. In, in, in Star Trek 6. Star Trek six, full reverse. How many times was that one? You really went back to a lot. I didn't yes. go back to that one that as more much as I went back to the Star other Trek ones. Movie. So interesting. You make a lot of references to it, and all my stuff is you know, Star Trek two, three, and four. Well, you're missing the other Nicholas Meyer. Great movie. Yeah, I love Star Trek six. It's my favorite. I think. Huh. of all the Star Trek movies. Well, when we have Nick Meyer on, finally, I can ask him about Star Trek 2, and you can ask him about Star Trek 6. I'll ask him how he got... What happened on Discovery? I thought you were a consulting producer. How'd that go? <laughs> he was also working on a con show that I guess never came yeah. to be. Yeah, It's weird. Must be someone that's hard to work with over there. I don't know. <laughs> Probably Patrick Stewart. Just kidding, everyone. It's Andy. Uh, this is Duet. After a Cardassian man arrives in the station, suffering from an illness that he could only have contracted at a Bajoran labor camp during the occupation, which is the fucking stupidest plot point, Major Kira leads an investigation to determine whether he is actually a notorious war criminal. Don't you think that's a very dumb plot point? <laughs> Specific disease. Me. That you could only have got <laughs> this one exact moment in time. I don't know. It's they they explore it. It doesn't seem like it, they're just throwing it at and then dropping it. You no, know, they but they're just like. It. But that that's like their the whole case is this disease, which you know it sounds like to me, Matt, the plot. It sounds to me like you're a Galatep denier. I mean, look, I am a sympathizer. With either the Bajorans or the Cardassians, you decide. <laughs> Didn't even in joke want to take the Cardassian side again. Uh, teleplay by Peter Allen Fields, story by Lisa Rich and Gene uh, Carrigan Fauci, directed by James L. Conway. Uh, the mother of Dr. Fauci. Let's do it. Nice. Hey, it was a pun. I got it. It's also a great Dewey Cox song. Walk hard. World's most underrated comedy. FYI. We never cared what we did. Yes. I was interacting with a lady and um and uh, I was saying, yeah, so let's go out and uh and get a uh, bite to eat some some you know, in the near future. And she said 
let's do Ed A and uh, E-T-T-E. And I was like, uh, do you mean Edda? The restaurant Edda? And she's like, no, I mean, let's do it. <laughs> so I may have already, my pun blindness may have lost me a lady there. <laughs> it's a real problem. You should. It really is. <laughs> if you think there's a pun at any point. Like, just send it, shoot pun? it over to just you. Screenshot it, let me know, and I'll tell you if it's a pun or not. I know this person's just breaking up with you. That's all that's happening that's here. Yeah, no, this is this is. It's they're not, sending you to a, a restaurant that no one's going to be at. As long as it annoyed the grown-ups. All inner deflector shield subsystems are showing equal intensity. Power balance levels are reading normal. I was a champion window breaker. It was a dark night with a few rocks. I was deadly. Um, which you were you talking about? Oh. That is some hotness right there. <laughs> Coming in hot. Open a channel. On screen. Welcome to DS9. I'm Major Karen Arise. This is the Koberian freighter Rack Munis requesting permission to dock. Docking port six is clear for approach. Thank you. We have a passenger on board requiring medical assistance. Can you tell us what's wrong with your passenger? He says it's a condition called Kalanora. It's apparently chronic, but he doesn't have his medication. I know that disease. It's a disease you can only get from one place at one time ever. It's called <laughs> Kalanora, so not because it's the name of the like. It should be called named after the fucking mine. If it's a disease that only came from one place at one time, somebody's got to name it better. Maybe Kalanora is the name of the doctor that's that's discovered it. Wouldn't it be the first patient? Or the first patient could also be that. Hmm. What if it is? Oh, um, I feel a lot better about it. One thing that is interesting, though, is his... I guess you could argue that um, Maritza is trying to intentionally create a suspicious series of mistakes that lead to her deciding that she's Darheel because why would he say Kalanora here and then later say it's not Kalanora I guess arguably it would be like if if he was Darheel he would say Kalanora and then he would realize that there was a Bajoran that was like after him and then he would say no no it's not but it's not Kalanora no but he it, wants to get caught his whole I understand it's just sort of it's a weird way that he sort of sets up the getting caught situation. Uh, well, the way that every Bajoran is reacting here and yes. the way that this disease is only contracted in that one place uh-huh. tells me it's the perfect way for him to get the attention of Bajoran officials. I guess what I'm saying is why not say it's the fake one and then have the doctor say this is what it is because then it'd look, he'd look even more suspicious than like he was hiding something. The doctor wouldn't even be looking for it, I don't think. He just he couldn't take the chance that he was going to miss it. Right. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Have you checked on Colinora disease? <laughs> no? Okay. He didn't know how good Bashir was. <laughs> Beam him directly to our infirmary. We'll have our doctors standing by. Thank you, Commander. Rachmunis out. Dex to infirmary. This is Bashir. Go ahead. Rachmunis. A Koberian transport's about to beam a patient to you. He's suffering from something called Kalanora. I'm not aware of it. I'll check the computer. Huh? Commander. 
I'd like to go down to the infirmary and meet that patient. Of course, why? The only cases of Kalinora I know of were the result of a mining accident at a Bajoran forced labor camp that I helped liberate. The survivors of Galatep have always been a symbol to us of strength and courage. By all means, Major. Why not call it Galatep's disease? That's what I just said! Oh, maybe I didn't. Maybe I said the doctor. You said Galatep's disease, and I said it could have been a doctor. I don't remember. Who knows? It was three minutes ago. I can't remember that far back. Um, I don't even remember what Mr. Saturday Night was. Uh, I don't even have that in my head. And this, like, okay. Here's a couple things. Just, okay. just. It's interesting. You're already pulling it apart. Yeah, go ahead. The idea that no one in the 23rd or 4th century knows what this fucking guy looks like uh-huh. is insane. Especially if he's well, been lying. He he was lying in state in Cardassia, on Cardassia Prime, for a couple of weeks. Uh-huh. He's a, he's a renowned figure in the war. Uh-huh. Everybody in the trenches of World War II had fucking playing cards with all the bad guys in it. So uh-huh. they would know them. And that's uh-huh. 1942. I sort of interpret it to be that he was so ruthless that he basically killed anybody who would be able to identify him. What? That's silly. So, well, why is that silly? I mean, there's not going to be no one left. He'll be sitting alone. <laughs> well, not the people on his side. They all go back to Cardassia. Uh, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> what do you mean? Everyone knows what he looks like. The Cardassians know what he looks like. He killed everybody else. You're telling me that no, there's no Federation. And the Cardassians are clearly protecting intelligence him. agency. Look, we don't know the ins and the outs of it. I would say, I would assume that the intelligence agency would be more focused because this is what they do on information and war plans than they would on prisoner of war camps, which they should be focused on, but probably wouldn't be their top priority. I just think it's the the way that these um, the Bajoran uh, the Bajoran militia and the Bajoran resistance force works. Yeah, the idea that they didn't have pictures of everybody and know what everybody looked like is crazy to me. That's a sort of that's a suspension of disbelief for me here. Where I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, and I also we're solving this problem with a fucking CSI enhance. More of a Blade Runner enhance in fairness. They were able to peek around Touché. people. Touche. Uh, this is Harris Eulin. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Is it Cardassian? Um, Ghostbusters 2. Ghostbusters 2, correct. I also know him from something big called Scarface. That's a, that's a legitimately big one. Yeah, it is legitimately big. So it's not. It's like the opposite <laughs> of the whole thing. I know, but I do like him in that because he plays the cop in Scarface, and one of my favorite things, and my father's favorite things, <laughs> because my father always liked things that were were infinitely cynical, um, as I do, was that when Tony. Uh, uh, spoiler for Scarface. <laughs> uh, when uh, when Tony. Um, he basically, uh, you know, he, he he kills the he shoots the cop, 
and the cop has been endlessly dirty the entire time just playing both sides of these drug dealers and taking money from everybody and his reaction when tony shoots him is you can't kill a cop <laughs> it's just like he's offended that he's shot him he's like and tony appropriately says whoever said you was one hey here's a question yes do you find still alive He's still alive. <laughs> that was question number one. Maybe we can set him up with Susie Plexen. Um, uh, do you find who I recently accidentally uh, thought was uh, passed on? My, you got to join the Patreon, guys. If you want to know every joke that you're going to hear here, no, you, you know, got to join the we Patreon. Don't, we don't mean to put pressure on you. Do do as, as feels right for you. Um, anyway, my question to you, Matt, as a, as a Cuban, is uh, as a Cuban person or a person of Cuban descent, uh, do you find Al Pacino's portrayal in Scarface to be offensive? No, I don't find it to be offensive. Okay. I find it to be comically ridiculous, <laughs> but not offensive. Do you find it to be entertaining? Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's yeah. like, you know. It's it's like an exact it's like <laughs> I'm like more offended by people's Boston accents in movies that take place in New England hilarious than i am by fucking pacino's bananas nobody accent (laughs) (laughs) it's like only a pacino it's not an accent of any actual recognizable anything yeah good afternoon i assume this is the problem problem lock him up this is outrageous on what charge will somebody tell me what's going on this man needs medical care. Then give it to him in his cell. I haven't done anything. Then why I think they're did you beaming run? him right to, to get away from his watch. What's that? Sorry, he, they beamed him to sick bay and then he, well, he stormed out. I forgot. Matic. Look at the hate in her eyes. She'd like to kill me. Oh, and why would that be? Well, it's obvious I'm a Cardassian. He's not just any Cardassian. He's a war criminal. This is so well written. This is one of the greatest uh, uh, scripts for a Star Trek episode I've ever seen, honestly. I You're really feel like me. I am not fucking with you. He, the way they present this characterization of of like what's going on with this character they're going to reveal he's nobody they're going to reveal his thing and the layers and and that Harris Eulen fucking nails in the performance the performances are great I will say that yeah I agree but also it's leaned into in the in the in the writing of like it has him presenting himself as as outraged in a way that the villain would then it slowly builds to her breaking him down to admit he's the villain and then it slowly has him breaking down emotionally to admit that he's not the villain. It's like, it's such a an intricate way of, of dissecting this fucking dramatic persona. <laughs> it's like nothing makes sense that happens. And this is like the 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 clock that 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 uh, that Cisco was building in the previous episode that had nothing to do with anything. That's what this script feels like. It's so well put together. What is it that? that strikes you as not effective about it well i mean it's 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 you can also feel free to just answer that as we go it's big as in broad uh, i think the uh the way that kira is reacting and the 
Bajorans in the, you know, I think it's all very theatrical. Uh-huh. In a in a in a somewhat off-putting way. I think this the 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 main crux of it for me is this is this the two the two logic leaps that I don't love are the disease that only can be caught at the one place the one time, which doesn't even make it a disease. <laughs> Honestly, I mean I don't know technically what the what the definition and then, would be. Well, because it's impossible for something to only be caught one place at one time. Why? That's not that, how things that, work. That wouldn't prevent it from being term. You know, uh, like you get, you get, you know, would it? But it's like you're around asbestos, you get poisoning, you get cancer. There's many ways cancer is caused. Do you know what I mean? It's like to get this one disease that's only caused this one way. I mean, it's a big leap of logic for me. Things like that exist. That's what the plot. No, they don't. You don't think there are diseases that you get from one location, and or one one particular time. Well, and only the time of the explosion because he was off the he was off the planet then, but he came back. You would sus- I assume, and then it'll go into it that there was something about the mixture of elements and the mining and the explo- way the explosion happened that caused the disease that wasn't replicated later, and or they realized the danger and therefore they, they had safeguards against it, in the same way that with many you know many uh things that existed in the 60s and 70s that were like oh no this is causing this problem like thalidomide they're like all right we're not going to use that anymore yeah but thalidomide wasn't only available in one thing it was available for one purpose wasn't it i don't don't remember i remember the full history of thalidomide but i know that it was taken out of commission and so in the same way maybe they realized oh no this if this this explosion happens in these circumstances, it will cause problems for everybody, not just the not just the Cardassians or the Bajorans. Well, leave it to the Germans. I guess I'm, my bottom line is that it doesn't it didn't it didn't bump me the way it's bumped you. But my I bottom respect line is that it bumped, bumped you. me. Right. But what's the top line? The top line is. That uh, Harris Eulen's really good in this. They gave him two hours in Maritza. This is, by the way, this is how you know that he was always playing Maritza. Yes. Although, theoretically, that could be just a mislead. This is the kind of uh, credit I want for anybody who casts me in the future. Special guest star, Andrew Secunda as Clarky. On any list I've seen, Commander, and I've got the... What was I watching? I was watching something today, and I was like, oh, that's an Andy. That's an Andy role. (laughs) Oh, I think it was the fucking Bajoran in this episode. Yeah. Just like, just that, you go... Oh, yeah, for sure. Half a day. The angry... The the guy who starts as a drunk and then becomes the assassin. That's great. Commander... I know what I've done isn't exactly policy. It may not even be legal, but it's right. All right, Major. What did we charge him with? I'm charging him with having contracted Kalinora. Do you want to explain that to me? The only way he could have contracted that condition was to have served at the Galatep labor camp at the time of the mining accident. <laughs> so that makes him a war criminal just being there. I'd be like, I'd be like why? That's on. crazy. Why, <laughs> could it, why would it just be there? Mean, what do you mean the only, the only way? That's what I would say if I was Cisco. It doesn't make any sense, Major. 
raided that camp. If you'd seen the things I saw, all those Bajoran bodies, starved, brutalized. You know what Cardassian policy was? Oh, I'm not even talking about the murder. Murder was just the end of the fun for them. First came the humiliation. Mothers raped in front of their children. Husbands beaten until their wives couldn't recognize them. Old people buried alive because they couldn't work anymore. Well, I mean, this was taking better care of themselves. <laughs> work longer. Cisco, you're not getting this. Such a Cardassian. Um, I, uh, I was kind of impressed and shocked at this, that they were going so far with the uh, genocide and atrocity analogies that they would, she was literally labeling the horrifying things that happened in the camp. I mean, primarily because it's, you know, it's generally Star Trek, um, you know, patterns that you have a villain and then later on you kind of, you know, you redeem them in some way. Um, and I guess they do do that even with the Cardassian in this episode. So it's impressive that even in the same fucking episode, they go so far with the Cardassians. It's like, oh, they were Nazis. They were fucking full on genocidal, horrifying creatures. Mm-hmm. And, and then you have one of them be uh, humanized, so to speak. Um, not to tout uh, human nature, <laughs> certainly. It's nothing to tout. But, uh, but um, yeah, it just was really impressive that they would go that far on that description in a nighttime sci-fi show mm. to me. War crimes are real shit. Well, this was the part. This was like where I, as a as a as a ten year old, was like, this yeah, I is, can see you being a little bit put off. This is boring." As so a you don't even hear that and find it, it upsetting. You're just like talkity chalk, talk, talk. I, I was just like, "Where's where's the? We haven't seen one shot of fucking space." Yeah, I thought we were in space, guys. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I'm appreciating him as an It'd adult. Be better if I spoke to him alone. Maritza, how you doing, pal? How do you feel? You kind of Better, deserve. thank you. I'm Benjamin Sisko. I'm in charge of this station. Oh, finally, the Federation to the rescue. Are you going to get me out of here? I hope so. Tell me, how did you contract Colonora Syndrome? I don't have Colonora. I have Patrick Syndrome. The freighter captain said it was Colonora. Very similar. This... I get okay. So this first deception, yes. I mean, what is the point of this? But that's what my argument was before. I was saying that he should have just said he had Patrick, and then had the the doctor discover it. And your argument was, well, the doctor probably would have missed it because he wouldn't have looked for it. Yeah, well, this that sets them on the trail on the hunt here. But what I don't understand is what. what why does he his, say Patrick? Why not just yeah? Admit why does Kulinar? he now turn? Well, I think once you make the decision, and if the decision is what you're saying, that he's like, I don't want to take after all the crap I've done and selling all my stuff and getting my face changed to look like this guy, I don't want to take the chance that they're going to be like, well, you seem fine. Move along. Move along home. <laughs> um, so if he's going that far of saying, all right, I'm going to tell them I have Colonora Syndrome, so at least the, you know, the, the alarms will go off on any Bajoran that's on that station... 
uh, I guess more specifically, it'll go off with Kira because he knows that she's there. Um, then once he's in this situation, and this is another reason why I like how this is written so effectively because because I talk often about the writers or, you know, in the case of, of where I, I comes from, improv, playing the character at the top of their intelligence. You're playing this character at the top of his intelligence in that he is very effectively playing Darheel acting like pretending to be Maritza here because he's sort of very charming and he's very like I don't know what the problem is like nope that's wrong it's not this it's that he would just come up with a lie sure but in a way where he's being confident and cocky enough that at the point it hits when Kira breaks him down or it doesn't break him down but just like pushes him that he would act like a, a psychotic a psychotic uh, narcissist and go, that's right, I did it, I did it, and I don't care. Go ahead, kill me. I still will have done this to you. Um, and that seems to me like that is all playing that, playing fake Darheel to the top of Maritza's intelligence. Like it all adds up to me as a, a really good rendition by Maritza of what Darheel might do. Does that make sure. sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's why I like it. Oh, okay. The end. Everything you're saying, I agree with. It, <laughs> okay. it all... Uh, and the performances in this episode are fantastic from everybody. I think it's one of the great... Except Bashir again. I'm kidding. It's interesting they had, like, they have fucking... Brian Keith kills it. In a script that's not as good as this one, in my opinion, nowhere by near by a long shot. And then Harris Eulen kills it. It's just like these these stalwarts, uh, very much from from theater, but also from old you know Hollywood, mm-hmm. just coming in. I wonder if it's because a lot of these guys are old enough to have started in television, gone to movies and come back to television and maybe even started in television and certainly done theater, but started in television at a point when television basically was theater, you know? That's an interesting question. Because they're all so good and nuanced That's and controlled. where I came from. I might as well come back. I mean, I'm not saying just that they would accept it, but that they would be fucking ready to go. Look, TV people... This makes me want to explore Harris Eulen. Did you say he's alive? Yeah. He probably wouldn't give a shit if we interviewed him about this. He'd be like, which one was that? Why don't you just <laughs> oh. call him? Why don't you just that was the one with him? all the stuff on my face, right? Yeah. Why don't you ask him to go eat, and then he'll say, let's do eat. And, and he'll be confused by the pun. But then he'll have a great time. I don't understand it even now. Oh. Do eat, do it. I get it. Jesus Christ. It's real. <laughs> it was a real thing. It's I'm real. not faking it. His face was so confused, everyone, and I was I was confused as to why he was confused. So I was like, what? Did I did I not say the pun correctly? What happened no, here? You said it right. What condition? Take the same See that I would accept more than the professional improviser uh, jab you're always throwing at me. I would accept that more as professional comedy writer Andy Segunda. Because <laughs> I, I literally I literally cannot at you. Oh my god! You wear this it is on now your sleeve. This like is a, the biggest like a, like a gaslighting I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> you 
constantly. I'm doing this to fuck with you right now. You're the worst. You're the worst person on earth. You're worse than a, a Galatep guard. I don't know. I was off world when that explosion happened, so, so I didn't get it. Say. Then you didn't serve at the Galatep Labrick. This year I want to scan. Labrick. <laughs> I've never been to Bajor. Oh, but back to my original problem. Like, the question now, is Bajor the right? Is it Bajor? Is that how you say it? It's both. Who cares? It's both. Who cares? Okay. It's both. It's both. It Han and Han. Yeah. Leah and Leia. Right. Um, tomato, tomato. <laughs> Ham and ham. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hum, get a hum sandwich, Hom? please. <laughs> <So> Mr. Hum. <laughs> um, why, why this, why the subterfuge here? Why, why saying he was a clerk? Yeah. Uh, I think it's because if he just came out and said, in his mind, if he just came out and said, "I'm Darheel." They wouldn't. They that would rouse more suspicion, as it did even in the mind of who's the main um, gull in this gull Ducat. Yeah, as it did in gull Ducat. As soon as he started to say like, "Hey, he says he is," gull Ducat was like, "What? That doesn't make any sense. What do you mean? What's going on?" So also, he like, had how, to, how weird is it? This guy doesn't know that he died. I got the sense that maybe he died after he'd already engaged in all this. But you, you, it's a valid question. Or I got the sense that it might be like he figured, well, the Cardassians will say whatever bullshit they'll say. The Federation or the Bajorans will be like, well, that's a lie. We can see that this is Darheel. Execute him. And they'll execute him. And then Bajor will. Although, you know what? The, one, the real thing that's, that's the naivete in his plan is assuming... Mm-hmm that the Cardassians would ever admit to anything under any circumstances, no matter what sure. fucking came out. Um, and I think that's just his desperation of trying to get closure in this situation. But anyway, I feel like he's, he does this because he's trying to build the reality of this is what Darheel would do. Darheel would cockily go onto a station, have total confidence that he would get away with this, and have this bullshit story. That's my thought of it. And, and I think de- it makes sense. And deny it. And deny it until he realizes, all right, I'm not going to, I'm going to get caught. So I might as well just enjoy fucking swaggering around and being a psychotic asshole. Hmm. Interesting theory slash, all right, whatever. Military file clerk. I reside now on Cora 2, where I boarded a freighter. But then like now also, by the way, then to use your real name, your real occupation. Yeah. Like, I guess that's so. Guess he that's wants be- to be. He wants to be the bad guy posing as the bad file clerk. Like he wants to be that. That's what he wants to be. Why not? And also, he's been teaching at the military academy with the face of one of the great military leaders of Cardassia, and they they didn't know. Well, I assume he changed his face after. Oh wait, no, he didn't. Do we have that? Do we? Are we certain about that? Uh, we'll hear it later. All right. Which, unfortunately for me, no way came changed here. his face. This is Andy. Now, here we go, Andy. Here's your big moment. And action. Drunk. 
Or am I in jail with a Cardassian? <laughs> Good job, oh, no. Andy. Cut. Too big. Reel it back. <laughs> He's drunk. <laughs> Come on, I would act like that. All right, let me try it again. Oh, no. Am I still <laughs> drunk? Or am I in jail with a Cardassian? No, is that more on target? No, that was good, actually. Right. right way to go with it. Oh, no! I could also I do it sleeping. Am I still drunk? Or am I in jail with a Cardassian? Bork. And don't forget about... Timed out perfectly for for him to turn around with his hand on his, for Cisco's hand on his chin. Don't forget about Odo. Saying Maritza does have Colonora. There's no doubt about it. He has all the symptoms. And when I ran a lower pulmonary bioprobe, he read positive. And you're sure he doesn't have Potrick syndrome? Yes, absolutely. If he had Potrick's, the bioprobe would have been negative. Then he was at the Gallatin labor camp. Definitely. It's the only place you can get that disease. And there's simply no other way he could have gotten this condition. I hate it. (laughs) Yes, Major. Just because they hammer it so hard. Yeah. It bothers. There's a little back and forth on that. A bit there and back on that. I agree with that. There's an incoming transmission for you from Bajor. It's the Minister of State. Thank you. She she has the hard J. Bajor. (laughs) So who are you going to trust? A Cardassian? Or a Bajor Bajoran. <laughs> Bajoran. Bajoran. Minister Caval, good day, sir. And to you, Commander, I trust you're in good health. Things are going well on the station? Quite well, thank you. Pretty That's good. Wonderful. Pretty good. I'm told you've performed a special service for Bajor today. Congratulations to you. I don't quite follow. You're not holding a certain Cardassian for us? We are holding a Cardassian temporarily. By temporarily, you mean until you're satisfied that a verified identification has been made. Minister, I'm not sure we have the grounds to hold him that long. Fully understand your concerns, Commander. But since our Major Kira's accepted responsibility in this matter, the burden is off your shoulders. I don't agree. Commander, if this Maritza was at Galatep, we want him, and we will have him. Is that clear? It is. Good. We'll chat again soon. Good day, Commander. <laughs> I love Bork. that shift. And don't forget about and more. is not in The shift from demanding to all right. We'll talk later. It's <laughs> really great. <laughs> it's a good choice by that guy. Uh, it's very minor. What 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 time code are we up to here? Jerry Minor. He's in this. Jerry Minor. Um, ten oh five. Okay, never mind. Then it's later. Handle this investigation. Why? He's our chief of security. Minister, who is? Put me in charge. Minister Odo. I was just. Oh my god! I just didn't aim it. And don't forget about Odo. Matt, you could be generous. You could be generous and go, see, we all make mistakes instead of making the dumb move something that isn't Andy. (laughs) No, when Matt makes mistakes, he's pulling at Andy. When Andy makes mistakes, he's pulling at Andy. You know what? Fuck you, man. (laughs) 
a genius. Look, I think it just comes from that years. Put pipe and smoke from, it. From years yeah. of being abused on the Nerdist podcast. I Were will, you the one who was abused? I, by Jonah all the time. Uh-huh. I now wield the power. Did he ugh. Did he go after uh, after Hardwick? Now that he's been able to me. get through three episodes, I wouldn't know. <laughs> and don't forget about Odo. And the Federation has no right telling us how to deal with our criminals. If it turns out that he is a criminal, then he'll be yours and you're welcome to him. Until then, he's just a traveler under suspicion. (sighs) Avery Brooks is fantastic in this episode. You think this is all some personal vendetta on my part, don't you? These flowers are also a nice touch. (laughs) I think you're too close to be objective, yes. You're right. I'm not objective. But I'm your first officer. And I give you my word. I will conduct myself accordingly. This is kind of crazy. Well, I don't know. It's just such an interesting thing that she's already shown herself to be hot-tempered and fucking vengeful about this whole thing. And then she looks him in the eye and says, I'll conduct myself accordingly. And he's like, all right, I'm going to take a chance on this lady. Um, I'm a, you know, I'm well, gonna put my faith in this person when he doesn't really have reason to do that as of yet in this. But series. she is expressing, she's stating that she knows why he's has trepidations about this. Yeah, she's being self-aware, which is the reason he takes the leap of faith. Yeah. Like, and and I, that's why I like it. It's just. It's really interesting because it really usually this kind of thing is like all right well then later she's going to do this or she's going to do this and this is a situation where it's like I I can see why Cisco would take the leap of faith but I feel like it's a bad idea and it's like that's great writing it's a bad leap don't take the leap (laughs) who's that a new character called don't take (laughs) the leap Okay, great. Love him. He's like, you know, he's from no, he's from, he's from parts unknown. Oh, is he? Yeah. Don't take the I lead. Kinda, <laughs> I kind of see him as a like a a local in a, in a fishing village kind of a deal. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Don't take the lead. You once said we were friends. So I didn't say that. He, what is it? I'm asking you now, as a friend, please let me conduct this investigation. I will if you tell me why you don't have those ridges on your eyebrows anymore. You mean the victims. That's right. The ones who moved too slowly and never moved again. I'm asking for all the Bajorans who can't ask. Let a Bajoran do this. I guess that isn't, that's the main reason he's... He owes it to Bajor. Cisco to Odo. Go ahead. Bajor. Constable, Major Kira will be in charge of the Maritza investigation. But I've already printed up the forms. Sir, I I, I cleared my calendar. I was going to take care of this. (laughs) It's about time you let me Spent some time in the bucket. I figured I'd be working overtime. I'll do my best. Oh, and Odo, let me know when you hang the Cardassian. 
<laughs> what is this? Oh, and Odo. Feels Let me know when you hang the Kardashian. How's God, that? Did I do it? it? We're going to need what? it again. What's wrong? Yeah, I just think it was a little too, I don't know, sing-songy. My backstory is that he's in charge of the local theater troupe. Does that oh, help? <laughs> that makes so much more sense. Let me, uh, let me get a producer down here. Yes, he thinks this in terms of the local theater group. Yeah? Really? Okay. All right, Andy, we're going to go with it. Yay! I've begun a background check on Maritza. So far, he is what he says he is. He boarded that Koberian freighter at Kora 2, where he's worked as an instructor at a military academy for the past five years. Keep looking. Don't worry, Major. I intend to. I'll be just put in charge of this investigation after I was put in charge of it, you know? I mean, I was already in charge of this, so whatever. If you want to take it, fine. That's better. Uh, what? Like that, Major. And daughter. Um... Uh, Kabirians do appear a couple of times. Ooh, they appear twice in Voyager. <laughs> what are they doing over here? I don't know. That seems weird. That actually is weird. <laughs> Let me see when they do. If we've seen it yet. Yeah, they were. Uh, they're at least they're referred to in Caretaker. And then not again until season six. Oh yeah, that's it. Okay, slight edit hiccup. What's that? I accidentally hit stop on the podcast. Really pulled an Andy. Oh, anyway, uh, what were we talking about? <laughs> and uh, pulling a mat will be wantonly hostile or mean to people around you for no reason. Don't forget morbidly obese. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you have personality flaws. I can end it there. <laughs> I miss that on her. And that your illness is not Kalinora. Again, true. Again, false. If I make fun of it first, he can't. <laughs> I don't do that. Because I'm not a mat. I don't pull a mat. If your lies are going to be this transparent, it's going to no, be. I was just event. reacting like I did it my entire life. <laughs> anyway. I told you you'd be disappointed. Actually, I would have preferred to avoid military service altogether, but I had the good fortune to be posted to the records office at Galatep, and I turned out to be an exemplary file clerk in 14 units of service. I never misplaced or lost a record. I received numerous commendations. Goldar Heel himself called my computer filing system a masterpiece of meticulous exactitude. Well, there you are. My secret's out. My crime's laid bare. I await execution. I hope we don't keep you waiting long. You and me both, sister. I mean, uh... Mm. <laughs> well, I never heard of a filing clerk becoming an instructor at a military academy. Until now. What did you teach? Believe it or not, filing. I can verify that. Be my guest. I still think you're a liar. So much for our search for the truth. Now we trade insults. You admit you worked under Goldar Heel. We all did. I take it then you witnessed the atrocities. Atrocities? What atrocities? Oh, 
vaguely recall hearing scream from time to time. Atrocities, no. You expect me to believe? You knew nothing of the murders, the tortures. You never saw the bodies. Of course I saw bodies. People died all the time at Galatep. Mining accidents, illnesses, feuds among the workers. The one illness you could only get there. You're saying Bajorans killed each other? At times. Over food. A blanket. A woman. I mean, this is so genius. The conditions were harsh. Because... It was a labor camp. It's exactly how Darheel would try to manipulate the truth. Is just like saying, yeah, those things that people died had nothing to do with the Cardassians. It's just oh, so course. fucking great and evil and gross. And it's not even real. It's Maritza play acting Darheel. Which is where I'm like, I don't know. I'm. I, that's where I'm sort of like. trying to figure out i'm trying to figure out if it was a satisfying conclusion barring let's pretend like pretend the assassination doesn't happen okay is it a is it a is it a is it a satisfying conclusion to the twists and turns of trying to figure out this guy's identity that he is maritza yeah i mean it was to me because it's I think part of the thing that I'm always sort of saying when there, you know, when there are these black box things and it's like, what's it going to be? It's like, I'm on board as long as it's interesting along the way. This performance, the way he's acting, the way that he baits Kira, Kira trying to peel the onion, knowing that he's suspicious of something, but not being able to prove it, then getting closer and closer to the truth, him being cocky and torturing her, and then nailing him. And then she doesn't even get the satisfaction because he acts the way that Tar- Darheel would when he acts cocky and just swaggery and narcissistic about it and sadistic. Then it's like he's so evil that you can't even take pleasure in catching him. That's a huge throw of power. So I'm engaged then. So it's like every step along the way I'm engaged in. Um, and then the final reveal of him losing all of his power and breaking down is also dramatically satisfying to me. So I don't know if it's like in terms of like black box stuff of like mystery box stuff of uh, of like, and here's oh, the final funny, reveal. You- I don't know if I put that much stock in that because I've enjoyed every step along the way. Or I've, I've when been you said gripped. black box. When you said black box initially, I was like, on board for the conversation because I thought you were talking about black box theater well, and how this episode, this is just two, you know, it's a two person scene. Most of the episode. Yeah. And then when you corrected yourself, I'm like, eh, black box worked. <laughs> That's fine. I meant mystery box. <laughs> Major. Just because you're saying is the end satisfying. Him. And so that's to me, like is the, is the reveal. It's so nonsensical. Why? Just the idea. Okay. Again, this is nitpicky. Okay. I guess I should just take it for face value of what it no, is. You don't have right? to. If it bugs you, it bugs you. Um, but what bugs me about it is the... Uh, is the ridiculousness of the... Again, I'll bring it up one last time. And I'm not going to mention it again. The disease you can only get in the one place at the one time. Uh-huh. Put that aside. Okay. The... The fact that it actually is Moritz 
and he's gone to the trouble of getting plastic surgery to look like the guy uh-huh. that he's pretending not to be initially, while also revealing that he is Moritz, but saying he's Moritz, Maritza. but looks like the guy. The fact that nobody knows what that guy looked like. The fact that Moritz doesn't know that that guy's dead. Maritza. Whatever. Yeah. Thank you. I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, and it just it just doesn't make... It, to me, it's just like... There's a lot of leaps here. I agree with you about the... You know, what did he look like at what point? But I guess I just took it under... Just sort of the... Um, I don't know how you would say it. It's just sort of the, the the pretense they're they're presenting to us is no one really knew what Darheel looked like. So even though I accept your reasoning, which of, is odd because, as Gul Dukat says, millions of Cardassians walked by his body. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, that's fair. And he's buried under a large monument. Right. Well, I guess to a certain degree, you could go back and say that's what Maritza's depending on. By changing his face to Darheel, so then your question is, um, what? Why would he think that they would not? What? What is your issue with with like if he if it, say everybody knows what Darheel looks like, then he is immediately his plans a success and he's going to get executed. So what's wrong with that? No, which means it would work. It would work great for him, but it doesn't because the guy's dead. But isn't the suggestion? Isn't what he's trying to suggest is the same thing that we experienced with Nazis? Which is there's always a question: Did was it a Hitler faked? Was did which Nazis escaped to Argentina? All that crap. Something in play like that. Uh, but it goes to the to the farcical with the plastic surgery and the fact that nobody knows what they look like. Again, everyone knows what these Nazis looked like. Yeah, but even if they knew what he they, he looked like, isn't he? I just find it ridiculous that the Bajorans didn't know what he looked like. But isn't he depending on the fact that even if they know what he looked like, that'll work for him getting executed? But if he goes, I just don't know what his plan is. Does he need is is he does he need the emotional journey of pretending to be the guy to a Bajoran? That's the part. He looks up Major Kira. That's the part that I think is the shakiest. And what he presents when he's the most well, I don't know. We'll get to it. But what he presents is when he's the most emotional. Is like this is the only way. And it's kind of interesting even this because he puts it in the context of. In some ways, his love of Cardassia, that he's like, we did things so horrible, there's no way that we as a people will be able to move past it. And in some ways, it's kind of true. Like, my reaction as a viewer is, oh, the Cardassians are irredeemable. And he redeems them in this episode by showing a Cardassian that felt so much pain that uh, for these atrocities that it shows that they're not all irredeemable so um 
So I think that his thought as the character Maritza is we have gone past a point of no return where I have to figure out a way to redeem Cardassia in some way because we've we've proven ourselves to be evil beyond comprehension. And so that's and so that's the only thing where it's a, his reasoning is a little shaky and I just write it off as like well he's so emotional and broken about this this thing that he experienced that his plan is kind of like effective up to a point and then the point at which Bajor executes um Darheel uh, or he makes him stand trial I th- this is what I think his plan is he stands trial and he admits to the crimes Mm-hmm. I think that's his thought. The f- and th- therefore, it is then public all the crimes that Darheel says, that, that he is Darheel says, and there's like an admittance. I think the problem is, of course, he's not Darheel. Cardassia would probably, even if he was Darheel, find some way to wriggle around it. They're certainly going to say this was all a scam and this was a conspiracy to point fingers at Cardassia because this guy wasn't Darheel. So that's where his plan kind of becomes shaky. But that's where I say, well, he's just so overwrought and emotional about these things that he witnessed, that he's trying to do anything he can to alleviate his own guilt and that of Cardassia's. Is there any sort of indication in here that, like, how would I don't, I just don't, I just don't see a world where this guy gets to trial without the Federation proving that he's not talking to the Cardassians yeah finding out that the real blah 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 is buried here right doing a DNA test because it's the fucking 24th century we can do it in a second right and then scanning this guy who has Moritz's DNA well this is where you get into a weird area where because I've been talking about playing a character at the top of his intelligence and I guess my feeling is he is playing this character at the top of his intelligence, this character who's the best organizer and file clerk in the world, in that he could come up with, I mean, I'll change my face, and then I'll go and I'll you know, go here, and I know about Kira because I'm in charge of all the files, and she'll definitely kind of suss me out and try and put me on trial, and then I'll admit that thing. So, like, he's able to figure out the plan that far, but he is just a file clerk. He doesn't know anything about politics or... Or, you know, intelligence work or anything like that. So that's where the plan falls apart. He's also, I think, incredibly emotional. And maybe I'm headcanoning at that point. But that's that checks out to me as like, you would be able to figure out a plan to this point, but not the whole way. But, like, if he, still, if he doesn't know the whole way, it's a, it's a big leap to then get your affairs in order and... Well, that's where you go back to that he's so emotional he doesn't give a fuck anymore, and he's just like, I'm going to do anything I can to try and my make up for this situation. Need my help one Cardassian citizen on your station. If any of these Bajoran hate mongers get their See, hands on Bajoran. you, I'll hold you personally responsible. It's really interesting that we had those... The, that 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 guy, <laughs> yeah, that was the one thing I sort of said. It's around twenty. There's an alien that walks by. You don't see aliens like that very often. What are you looking for? 
where they have a, a vertical mouth. <laughs> Answers. Found any yet? Boy, they did not says. know what to do with this character. Dex? Yeah, in, uh, at least so far. And she's a little bit of a a utility player that they just pop into scenes. and Yeah. You know. I don't care about the truth that all I want is vengeance. One thing that was odd to me about Are this you worried that maybe he's right? scene is that she... It's all on Dax, even though the scene is about Kira. And it's sort of interesting to a point, and then I'm like, now it's weird. She's, Kira's out of focus in the foreground. <laughs> it feels like you could have framed it so that you see them both in focus if you wanted this shot. <laughs> but she's so distant, you know, yeah. right now. Play the whole scene. She's, she's so distant. All I want is to see him punished. Even if he is just a file clerk. That's just it. I don't want him to be just a file clerk. I want him to be, I don't know, something worse. You want him to be guilty. A cafeteria worker. If he was at Galatep, he is guilty. They're all guilty. His punishment. Let Bajor feel some satisfaction. It sounds like you're trying too hard to believe what you're saying. You already know if you punish him without reason, it won't mean anything. And you already know vengeance isn't enough. I don't know, it's a little symbiont wisdom, isn't it? Well, you're you're just putting it on her. Am I? Chief O'Brien could have walked in and had that conversation. I don't think that's the kind Qu- of conversation... Quark, Quark could have had that conversation. I don't think that's the kind of conversation either of them would have. And Odo definitely would have had that conversation. Cisco might have had that conversation, but he already had scenes with her. Well, don't forget about Odo. I was so confused by this scene. I was too. And <laughs> I, I don't know, is this character... This is, was this when O'Brien is dealing with Neela? Is that her name? Uh, and I was like, what's going on? Are we setting this character up for something? Is she going to be, is the, suddenly she's the, the a Cardassian spy? Like, what's happening? <laughs> is she going to kill? What I wrote in my notes is, is this lady going to kill Maritza? What's going on? Also, play this whole scene. It's baffling. Well, it turns out it's just to set up the, 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 the picture enhancing technology. That's it? That's what this is. That's what this is. Watch. How's it look? Just give me a second. I'll run a diagnostic. I've checked with the Bajoran archives, and they do have a Maritza on record as being a filing clerk at Galatep. I've also checked with the military academy on Kora 2. Maritza has been teaching filing there, just as he claims. All set, Commander. Major, how many images what were sent from the Bajoran archives? Only one. All set commander is him saying he's ready to do the the, the face, the picture stuff. It's the only picture they could find of Galatep that had Moritz in it. Cardassians destroyed almost all no, records. Maybe Blade Runner. The image enhancement and transformation functions are patched directly into your console. Major, what if this image confirms that Maritza was a file clerk? What do you expect us to do then? I suppose you'll let him go. I'm glad we understand each other. I've got it. On screen. I loved that. I loved that that exchange. I'm glad we understand each other. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah. 
Because it's like... That's not what she was going to say. She was going to say more. <laughs> He's really... Which one is it's Marit? a really great characterization of Cisco in this episode. Then, by the way, I was like, what is this? What is she talking about? Is this a caption? Was this in a newspaper? Do they have Why is she reading? No, no, no. Moritz is this guy. Uh-huh. Like, I was like, what is this? So there's pictures. So people know what these people look like. Yeah, according to the caption, he's the one in the background in the far right. Isolated and The magnify. caption. The caption of what? What is this? I mean, it's... The, is this like an employee of the month? No, isn't this... Newsletter wait, that went out? This is what... Is this not what the Cardassians sent Odo after Odo was like... Or is, has he not admitted shit yet? Is that later? No, this is this. I think he already had that Goldicott discussion. Cisco had a Goldicott dis- discussion, caption? but has Odo had the Goldicott dis- discussion? I assume so because he checks on the records. No, oh, no, I guess this is it over here. Or is this the second one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so. He, he hasn't, hasn't had it yet. Yeah, so I don't know. I guess this is just general from a newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> Which one is Maritza? Let's see. According to the caption, he's the one in the background in the far right. Isolate and magnify. Seems like Neela's in. You're going to have to do better than that. Two episodes. I think Give I'm me a comment minute. I'm running an before. image enhancement sequence. It's not him. Are you sure we're looking at the right man? Background far right. Eamon Maritza. It can't be. If that's Maritza, then who are we holding here? Lieutenant, isolate the Cardassians in the foreground. The one in profile on the left. What can you give us? It's very Blade Runner, sneaking around people. That's him, that's Maritza. Not according to the caption. What do you mean? It can't be. The caption doesn't say that. <laughs> this was in this People Magazine. This is in Space Magazine. <laughs> People Space Magazine. This was on... This was the Employee of the Month recognitions page on the uh, Cardassian Labor Camp uh, weekly. newsletter that went out <laughs> monthly. <laughs> they wanted it out weekly. That's why so many died. It only ended up coming out monthly. To this, it's Goldar Heel. So they're, I like that they're like, they're not like, oh, the caption's just wrong. Yeah. <laughs> the caption in the newspaper is just wrong. I agree Get with the you. next issue, and then the next issue is like, correction, in the photo we incorrectly identify. I agree with you that this part is a little shakily set up, and they're sort of leaning on, oh, look at all the technology, and they're peeking around people, and they can whatever, zoom in. But it's, they should have done a little more work setting it up in a sound way but uh, to me that's not the real strength of the episode anyway so it doesn't bother me that much is that so what did you do did you kill the real Maritza so you could take his place well you'll pay for that death and all the others you're responsible for well I don't think I could pay for all of them major there were so many and you can only execute me once it's my only regret but I'll settle for knowing that Bajor will finally have the satisfaction of punishing the butcher of Galatep. 
Tell me, Major, did you figure this out all by yourself? Or did you have help from your Federation masters? Lie I'll let down, you wonder I'll... about that. It'll keep you occupied while we're waiting for the Provisional Government to prepare your war crimes tribunal. War crimes? How could there be war crimes when there hasn't been a war? Oh, I can understand your wish that there had been a war. Your need to indulge some pathetic fantasy about brave Bajoran soldiers marching to honorable defeat. But in fact, Major, you and I know there was no war, no glory. Bajor didn't resist. It surrendered. The Bajorans were a peaceful people before you came. We offered no threat to you. We could never understand why you had to be so brutal. Well, we can't have that, Major. I want no more secrets between us. Anything you don't understand, I'll explain to you. Thank you, but I think I've heard enough of your lies. What lies? You mean my failure to divulge my true identity? Believe me, Major, I yearn to tell you, but I knew how much more satisfaction you would have if you found out for yourself, and that was my only deception. Maritza was a magnificent file clerk, and I, Kaldahil, I hope you'll not think it immodest of me to say so, but I was a magnificent leader. Oh, you never saw Galatep at its height. For a labor camp, it was the very model of order and efficiency. And why? For that, you have to look to the top. To me! My word, my every glance was law. And the verdict was always the same. Guilty. You're insane. Oh, no, no, Major. You can't dismiss me that easily. I did what had to be done. My men understood that. And that's why they loved me. I would order them to go out and kill Bajoran scum. And they'd do it. They'd murder them. And they'd come back covered in blood. But they felt clean. Now, why did they feel that way, Major? Because they were clean. You admit your atrocities. I admit everything. Why not? I was the best at what I did. My accomplishments speak for themselves. Can you say the same? You and that, that little Shakar resistance cell that you belonged to, all you did was uh, annoy Cardassians while I was out exterminating Bajorans. Make sure you tell that to the tribunal. Oh, I will. Then they'll sentence you to death. Let them. Don't you see it doesn't change anything? Kill me. Torture me. It doesn't matter. You've already lost, Major. You can never undo what I've accomplished. The dead will still be dead. It's just so masterful. What will you do now, Major? Because even I don't... Hold my medicine. I know something else is going on, but I don't know what it is. And at this point, it's just like I'm so filled with hatred for this fucking piece of shit. <laughs> and he's so great. It's such a great performance. He's so evil. And he's got he's he's found a way to admit his worst crimes and still have the upper hand on Kira. It's so such great writing. And it's a lie. He's just play acting. Which makes it crazy. Why? Because Maritz's true talent was not in file organization. Well, that is that is true. I mean, the real... But in the great white way. The real crime is he was the greatest Cardassian actor of his generation. And it was, it was I wasted. I can't believe he yeah. never got it's into really it. It's really a shame. I would represent this guy in a second. Yeah. Have you thought about Maritza for this part? <laughs> I'm sorry? Who? Maritza. Trust me. You'll want him to read. <laughs> uh, yes. Here we go. This will help. What is it? Maralshan Sea Vale from Quark's private stock. Made up word, made up word. Better? <laughs> private stock? That's weird. I thought those were both. I wonder how many others like Darheel are still out there. 
still free unpunished. Quite a few, no doubt. But thanks so to you, Letterman there's one less out there now. <laughs> Hang on a second. Let me just... Uh... His, uh, his also his delivery just as a as an actor is such a wonderfully unique voice and delivery but when he's yelling guilty I couldn't help but think of this stand up get up you too Mr. Tully find you guilty on all charges or do you pay fines in the amount of $25,000 each Injured 18 months in the city correctional facility at Rikers Island. Edie, she's twitching. I'm not finished! <laughs> On a more personal note, let me just go on record as saying that there's no place for fake charlatans. Uh, Your Honor? Shut up! Pictures like you in decent society. Your Honor, this is important. You play on the gullibility of innocent people. Yes, sir. Be quiet. But and they came back with blood on their hands. By the unalterable. But they were clean. The law. And I would invoke the tradition our illustrious Reach back. You have justice. And have you burned is the best. I think I might go on a on a like just like watching all of his stuff. He's great. Um here's an interesting uh side trip here, Matthew. Mm-hmm. This episode introduces the character of Neela, who went on to play a crucial role in the following episode, um, although she was supposed to be introduced in The Forsaken. The producer's intent, oh, I hope I'm not spoiling anything, was to assume she was simply a new recurring character, thus creating unexpected twists when she turns out to be an assassin. Whoa. Is that a spoiler? Yeah, because we haven't seen that. Oh, I assume that the assassin was, was going to be what I was saying, is that she was his assassin in this episode. Oh, you're saying that I thought they she they were saying Is it in the, reference to this episode? It's not specific specified. That's why it was Is the character listed as deceased? Mm, I don't think so. Or active. I don't know. I'm not should I not look? Well, I mean, I don't know what you just spoiled <laughs> or if you just spoiled. If you spoiled nothing. Although I'm asking you to whatever. Maybe we we'll should pretend you didn't. Maybe we should cut anyway. this. I don't know what it is and why you're digging around there. Because it said something about Neela. I thought they were setting it up for this episode. Should we stop? No. Are you going to cut this? No, because I don't know that you spoiled anything. I don't remember. These are the kind of things that we always run into where I'm saying we should cut it. He bragged about what happened at Galatep. You know how many spoilers of Andy's I have to cut every day? He's Six proud about at least what he did to us. King of spoilers, this Secunda. Another thing um, sort of interesting is because uh, I was thinking like, I bet you they took this from a play-like thing about Nazis. And of course they took it from the man in the glass booth, which was tells of a Jewish man accused of being a Nazi war criminal. And then Leonard Nimoy had started in production of the play years earlier, interestingly. Yeah, no Star Trek writers could be this good on their own. Yeah. They had to live. That wasn't what I was saying. <laughs> Classic Andy. 
This provisional government of yours certainly moves slowly. They should have dragged me away in chains by now. Just answer the question. Oh, my, my, you are a starting little egotist. You forget the brilliance of Maritza's filing system. He made sure that I was provided with information on all your little terrorist bands. What I particularly enjoyed were the termination reports. <laughs> yes, life in a forced labor camp can be so isolating. At times I felt that I alone bore the burden of cleansing Deja of his rabble, but those reports reassured me I was not alone. And I'm supposed to believe you remembered my name from some report you read years ago? The risk of bruising your vanity even further, Major. I didn't remember you at all until I heard your name here. I can see that disturbs you. Hardly. You know, Major, they will be coming for me soon. So before we say goodbye, there are a few little questions I should like to ask you. Your questions don't interest me. How can you be so sure? Or are you just afraid to hear them? I'm going to get to the bottom of this. That's what she said. <laughs> In her mind. The files sent to me by Gold Ducat. According to this, Goldar Heel died in his sleep six years ago. Cause of death, massive colibric hemorrhage. Commander, I guarantee you that is a forged document. I think it's pretty clear what's going on here. Forged the Cardassians are trying to trick us into letting him go. I wouldn't put it past our friend Gold Ducat. Nor would I. However... The man in there confessed he is Goldar Heel. Major, the man in there has Kalanora syndrome. Of course he does. According to the evidence I've been sent, Goldar Heel never contracted that condition. More evidence from our trustworthy Gul Dukat. What have you got, Constable? Darheel's progress reports from Galatep show that when the mining accident occurred, he was back on Cardassia being awarded the Proficient Service Medallion. If he wasn't at Galatep on the day of the accident, then he couldn't have... Who better to know this and remember this than a fucking brilliant file clerk? So you're saying, why did he leave this this hole in his story? Yes. Or is it only satisfying for him as a person to have the whole thing discovered? So that he can lay bare his emotion at the end. I mean, this is where I think I accept that sort of maybe his his reasoning is emotionally, you know, he's being irrational because he's emotionally overwrought and everything is brilliant up until a point. But I also think that it was this important to him to have it be Darheel that he's play acting because he's working out some deep thing of knowing that Darheel was the, the sort of the top of the pyramid of evil. So he doesn't, you don't want, he. it's not for him to get back to being discovered that he's actually Maritza. I don't, I don't think so. Well, Siri, Maritza is a Cardassian character on Star Trek. I found this on the web. Thank you. Ah, I'm in Maritza was a male Cardassian member of the Cardassian military during the, no. Contracted <laughs> Colonora. Correct. But the man we're holding does have it. I can't believe I'm listening to this. I'm afraid there's more, Major. I inquired about this man's last two weeks on Kora 2. He resigned his position at the military academy, put all his affairs in order, and even provided handsomely for his housekeeper, I understand. 
All right, all right. So, like any criminal, he wanted to move on before somebody traced his whereabouts. He specifically requested passage on a vessel that was scheduled to stop here, at a Bajoran station. Rather unusual request for a Cardassian war criminal. Unless he wanted to be captured. Wait a minute. Let's be clear about one thing. This evidence may raise some interesting questions. Nevertheless, Darheel is going to be sent back to Bajor to stand trial for the atrocities he committed. Major, that is still to be determined. Then go talk to him. If you still have any doubts, listen to what he has to say. He was there. He did it. He'll tell you about it. Constable, I've checked on Maritz's medical record. What have we got? He's under treatment for Kalanora syndrome, of course, and a few other minor ailments, most relating to his age. It's all pretty standard, really, except for one thing. Which is? Five years ago, after arriving on Cora II, he started taking massive doses of dermatorelian plasticine which is a dermal regenerative agent used to maintain skin resilience after cosmetic alteration. You're saying he changed his face to look like Goldar Heel? Certainly appears that way. Not that the caption was wrong on the photograph. <laughs> <laughs> I guess not. Hey, Dr. Bashir. Oh, so that's it. You want to see me writhing around the floor in pain? Cardassian would never put on such a deplorable display in front of a Bajoran. You just don't understand us at all. Beginning to understand a great deal about you. One thing does puzzle me. And what would that be? How you contracted Kalanora syndrome. Do you think that the mining accident affected only the Bajoran laborers and not our Cardassian masters? That would be very nice. So you're saying you were at Galatep when that mining accident occurred? Of course! Why are we going over this again? Because your own progress report shows you were back on Cardassia at the time of the accident. The only one who would know that is someone who filed it. Maritza? But that's kind of a... Why did you leave this lo logic loop? That sort of is a point toward that he is doing it intentionally somehow. And or yes. he didn't think that Bajor would find out. I'm suggesting... He needed this. He needed to have this emotional breakthrough. Well, let's see it play. He out. needed to be forgiven by a Bajoran for his guilt that he feels. Well, let it play out. Let's see what happens. That's ridiculous. Receiving your proficient service medallion. The reports are wrong. I can show them to you. That won't be necessary. I know where I was. Why were you taking a dermal regenerative? I don't know what you're talking about. Then let me help you. Five years ago. When you first got to court. All right, that's enough. Your presence no longer amuses me. Get out. Why did you have your face altered? Security, get this woman out of here. Why are you pretending to be Guldar Heel? Why don't you ask me something intelligent? As for instance, how did I feel when we were drawing from Bajor? The answer is I was furious. The thought of leaving any survivors behind was repulsive to me. So while our, our useless office clerks were packing their precious files, I ordered my overseers to begin slaughtering the laborers. If you felt that way about your filing clerks, why did you take Moritz's name? My plan was to do nothing less than kill every Bajoran in the camp. And to this day, my one regret is that I was not able to accomplish this honorable goal. You're Maritza, aren't you? You mistake me for that bug. That would bring nothing. Oh, you stupid Bajoran girl, don't you know who I am? I'm your nemesis. I'm your nightmare. 
I'm the butcher of Galatep. The butcher of Galatep died six years ago. You're Eamon Maritza, his filing clerk. <laughs> That's not true. I am alive. I will always be alive. It's Maritza who's dead. Maritza, who was good for nothing but cowering under his bunk and weeping like a woman, <laughs> who every night covered his ears because he couldn't bear to hear the screaming for mercy of the Pajoras. <laughs> Does turn a little bit into Herman Munster there. I think it's incredibly effective. I love it. It's really impressive. What if he said O'Marion and then he did that? Covered my ears every night, but I couldn't bear to hear those horrible screams. You have no idea what it's like to be a coward. <laughs> see these horrors and do nothing but it's his dead he deserves to be dead what are you doing i'm letting you go security get in here you didn't commit those crimes and you couldn't stop them. You were only one man. Oh, no, don't you see? I have to be punished. We all have to be punished. Major, you have to go out and tell them I'm Galdail. It's the only way. Why are you doing this? For Cardassia. Cardassia will only survive if it stands in front of Bajor and admits the truth. My trial will force Cardassia to acknowledge its guilt. And we're guilty, all of us. My death is necessary. What you're asking for is another murder. Enough good people have already died. I won't help kill another. It's just fantastic, in my opinion. But I, but I no, think, in answer your question, in answer your question, I think, or your issue, I think. Yes, it was in his files. The only reason that they have that she has access to his files is because of what he's doing here. That's the only reason Gold Ducat allowed them to see the truth uh, in the files. And so I think that's where he, he didn't count on that. He didn't count on Cardassians sharing information with the Federation. And the only reason they share information with the Federation is because he's doing something so bonkers. Um, so I think he just didn't count on it. And I do agree with you that his plan is flawed. I don't think that, you know, if they take him to trial, that this is going to turn out well for Cardassia. I think Cardassia is just going to deny it. I don't think that any uh, guilt is going to be absolved. But I think that that's where you get into just his level of desperation and emotional brokenness. You should be back on Cora 2 in three days. Well, there's nothing for me to go back to. We've contacted officials there. They'll be waiting to help you. If they believe that I was Goldar Heel, then my trial might have helped to bring about a new Cardassia. Now you've told them I was just a file clerk. What you tried to do was very honorable. If Cardassia is going to change, it's going to need people like you. 
I'm Andy Sikander. Action, Andy. Sap, 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 sap. He's a pretty good assassin. He got him with one shot. Not not so quick there, Odo. (laughs) Seriously. There's one of your hand knives, Odo. Why? He wasn't our heel. Why? He's a Cardassian. That's reason enough. No. He's a Cardassian. That's reason enough. No. There's a whole crazy plot with plastic surgery. I'll tell you about it later, but why'd you kill him? Damn it. <laughs> Seems like he knew he was a fake. I think it's already around the station. So he's just killing Cardassians for the sake of it, huh? Well, yeah, apparently so. I mean, do you think he was drunk? Yeah, he might have been. He was, he was, I think he was at the bar. Um, sure. Before we get out of this episode, uh, I love the quark. They give the quark basically one line or two lines in the episode. It is imagine living through that hell, hell, the pain, the sorrow. Do you think they like to gamble? It's just a fucking great joke. They're <laughs> talking about beat. the fucking. They're talking, he's talking about the Holocaust, basically, and he's still like, it'd be great to make a buck off these people. <laughs> yes, but like the beauty of it too is that like they it. it allows quark to show empathy yes he shows empathy but he also is like and then he has that beat of wait a second (laughs) back to business um and i also i like feeling a little bit shading in because i asked questions about it of well what was odo seems sort of you know even though i've questioned his his honor like he seems so committed to the law and so committed to, to like you know he's doing the right thing that how did he work for the card why were the Cardassians having work for him and sort of that that thing of like the you know gold ducat being like i miss our games of kelevan moltar made up word made up word um but that uh and he's like we only played once and then you cheated and then i was like fuck this so it kind of starts to set up the shape of like oh i see what their relationship was not enough i'm look forward to more but so those are the things i enjoyed those that was things things he enjoyed. Things I enjoyed by Andy Secunda. <laughs> um Okay, I guess. It's time to pick an MVC. That Nagy, who's the MVC? the MVC? Will it be Cisco, Dax, or Kira Reese? It can't be Worf until season four, but there's a Brian, Bashir, and even Quark. And don't forget about Odo and Quark. What is non-MVC? Give me Um, it could be Cisco because he's sort of really at the top of his game in terms of diplomacy in this episode and handling the situation, staying even-tempered. But I kind of feel like it is Odo because Odo's the person who digs out the information, uh, the truth about Darheel, and realizes that he wouldn't. How would he know that Kurt, that Kira was? That's also true in that particular. Yeah. Uh, because you could give it to Kira because Kira is the one who makes the moral decision in the end and allows doesn't allow her to rage to cloud her. Do logic. we give it to the guy in the Andy Secunda part? Because he killed the Cardassian, yeah, and gave that 
Britza, the honorable Cardassian. What do you want? <laughs> it's true. He's a Cardassian who had a really reasonable, honorable plan, and that's why I killed him. You know, I thought, well, why not? That's <laughs> what he wants. All right, back to drinking. That'd go. Back to the bar. Oh, no, I didn't know you were that slow. <laughs> um... I give it to Odo or Kira. Give it to both. Kuroto? Kuroto. Yeah, I guess the combo of the two of them is is, is sort of where the bread and butter is in this episode. Oda Kira. Odo Norris. Mm. No, it'd be Kira Odo. Yeah. Right? That's how they do it. The surname is first. Gotcha. Like Roe. You got a good Laren name for that. Actually Myra Matt. Laren Roe. Oh, thank you. Uh How many Andy's does this episode get? Well, you're really beating me down on this episode, Matt. I really think it's a work of brilliance. And uh I think that just it's a level of drama that I haven't seen on this show. I have seen on TNG on occasion, but it's such a high level. Um, and so satisfying and really hit me and uh, I was just I was with it every step and usually when they have things like this it's sort of like it's really effective drama but it's not constructed quite right and I think it's constructed fantastically here however I agree with you I think some of the sort of like steps are a little bit shaky now they work for me because I'm. I believe Maritz's. All of Maritz's plan doesn't work. But your stuff about like the photo and the uh, and the uh, you know the caption and like, well, why are they buying this piece of information? Why are they buying this from Golducat and not this? Like that is all a little bit convenient. It's still fantastic. I give it a nine point five. I would give it a ten emotionally, but I give it a nine point five. I will. For me, give it a seven. Whoa, real low. Is it that low? I don't know. There were just these like logic leaps that like broke my brain too much. Yeah. Um. And they were they were like too much for my brain to overcome. The performances are great. Yeah. The stories, uh, the story, what they're trying to do is beautiful. Uh, it's you know I think honestly it's um, it's successful as long as you don't like poke at the logic too much but my brain was poking at the logic too much it sure was or not I mean maybe someone else is gonna write in and be like well Matt this is what was happening and like well explain it to me fully <laughs> which would be great and then I would then I'd bump it up to a nine I feel like it, during this episode, I was like one of you guys listening to Picard, listening to me. And I'm sorry about that. Look, guys, Andy's a very negative Nancy here. That's why they call me Negative Nancy. Negative Nancy, positive Andy. <laughs> uh, all right. We'll see you soon. Sounds good. Disengaged!